This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing, take just one moment, and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 136. Still bent out of shape over the fact that I can't get Roman Reigns' theme song out of my head this week. I'm Nick Howell. And not sure who turns heel faster. WWE wrestlers are the main characters on Game of Thrones Season 8. I am Surrey and Dangerous, and welcome <laughs> to the show. And we're going home. And we're going home to Money in the Bank this week, Nick. One of my favorite pay-per-views, usually, because I love ladder matches. But uh, yeah, WWE, I don't know how you felt about it this week, Nick, but I, I felt a little underwhelmed by the yeah. go-home shows this week. Little, we're going little... to save some of that because uh, I, I, I'm going to need a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> you, got some, you got some rants in your pants? This week? Yes, yes, I do. Oh, uh, all right. Well, we'll hold on to that. But we have plenty to talk about with WWE with Money in the Bank coming up. We've got New Japan's Battle of Super Juniors, Best of Super Juniors, excuse me, Best of Super Juniors going on right now. Although Battle of Super Juniors would be cool too. Yeah. Uh, we had some AEW news. We've got listener questions to get to this week. We got a ton of stuff to get to, Nick. But first, let's do some housekeeping. Yes. As always, guys, the hub of our operation is over on Facebook in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Send us a join request. Get right in for weekly threads on all of the WWE shows. Live chats per, for pay-per-views like the one that's happening this week, Sunday for Money in the Bank. And something new that we started at WrestleMania, we're going to be doing watch parties live with everybody in the group for the pre-show. Since they do stream that out to Facebook, we can watch that together and chat at the same time. So be sure you get into that group. Uh, also, head over to Twitter. Join, uh, follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. YouTube at YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. And if you love this show and want to show your support, get in on some sweet swag, some cool perks. Head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers and get access to be able to send in listener questions, get some bonus episodes every month, like the one that I'm still almost working on finishing <laughs> writing that you guys are going to be blown oh, away by because it's going to end up being two to three hours. You definitely want to get in on that one. You better take some lozenges before that episode. I have a feeling you're going to be talking a lot. That's going to be the, the Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura, the... Oh, Someone so goes into the bony. <laughs> I'm so scared. Uh, this is going to blow your mind, I promise, guys. But it, so it's worth the wait. 
That's one way of putting it. But yes, sir, that is correct. We have a lot coming up. But Nick, we before we get into our show this week, there's some stuff we got to talk about over in the big news. AEW's going to TNT. Yeah, you heard it. You heard it here like millionth. Now we yeah, we've yeah. said this for a while now. We yeah. said it's it's very likely AEW will be going to TNT, have a weekly show on TNT. I, it actually, was just, it, should, it should be Ted Turner's going back to TNT. <laughs> Ted Turner, <laughs> yes, right. Uh, wrestling is coming home to TNT once again. It was confirmed this week via the AEW Facebook page. Uh, th- again, this has been speculated for a while that they would be having a show on TNT in some capacity, but it's finally, it's been confirmed. Now, there's a lot of details still up in the air about this that we don't know. All, pretty much all we know is that they're on TNT and some of the financial stuff, but we, we don't know what day they'll be on, although the, the main speculations are Tuesday or Wednesday. If I had to put money on it, I would say Wednesday, even though Tuesday is now an open night without having to worry about SmackDown to contend with. And I don't think they're going to want to go head to head on Monday or Friday with the WWE. Um, but Tuesday and Thursday are NBA nights. And those are nights where the NBA is shown on TNT. I don't think they'll want to have their show in any way affected by the NBA, whether shortened or moved or whatever. So Wednesdays are wide open. So if I had to make a guess, it would be that they will land on Wednesdays unless they want to somehow cash in on tying in with the NBA. I'm not sure uh, if that would be something they would be interested in. Uh, Ultimately, we did find out they went with TNT because uh, the Showtime was also involved, they were interested as well and were uh, were making a play. But uh, Showtime would have had to have been every so often. It would have been like two hour shows, kind of like Strike Force. So it wouldn't have been a weekly show. So I think th- I think they definitely made the right decision with TNT. It's only got uh, I think one million more homes than USA, ninety million to eighty nine million, something like that. So it's. Uh, They've got about the same viewability as USA Network. So it's why they, they were able to go head-to-head back in the day. So the other thing we do know is that as far as the financials for the show, Warner Media will be uh, footing the bill for production costs and that there will be an ad revenue split with a downside guarantee, meaning that they're going to be very concerned about ratings. They're going to be concerned about advertiser friendliness which makes you wonder what kind of show they're going to run here. If we're, if we're going to be having more of a PG PG 13 style show, or if anything goes, you know, if we're going to be able to have these hardcore matches, if they're worried about pissing off, I don't obviously not Snickers, but Mars bar, uh, same company, whatever, you know what I mean? The, at the end of the day, it will be interesting to see how advertising and ratings, uh, play into the kind of product that they want to put out just based on the fact that now they're on a network where that's going to matter under under a contract where that will matter to them. Sure. So Tyson is, Foods, the official fried chicken of all elite wrestling, right? I mean, they if already you need a had, Snickers alternative. They've already got Cracker Barrel. Yes. Cracker Barrel's all about them. So the official chicken fried chicken of all elite wrestling. Cracker I, Barrel. I, I, I'm trying to remember which match it was in, but all all in, someone got hit with a barrel <laughs> for Cracker oh, Barrel man. Barrel. I forget <laughs> if it was the uh, Street Fighter or what it was. But uh, yeah, so AEW to be on TNT coming this fall. More news as we find out what it is. Uh, and also breaking news: this just was this was fresh off, hot off the press today. Nick, uh, Ric Flair 
Rick Flair. It was actually reported by TMZ that he was hospitalized and that his condition was serious. We found out later that it was actually a planned surgery. He underwent a planned surgery. And even though his current current status is unknown, we don't know if he's okay or not, it was it would be assumed that he's recovering after the surgery and all is well. So there was some, uh, I don't what would you call it, some alarm earlier, earlier today? When Let's we first just heard say this. some of the not-so-reliable sources that tend to plague the wrestling community, looking at you, ringside news, <laughs> m- might have put some things out there that said that he was brain dead. Yeah. Yeah, and they went, yes, they went all it out caused it. me to have alarm and go on a Google rampage <laughs> trying to find out what happened to my beloved Ric Flair. And it turns out he was hospitalized a couple of years ago. I believe it was over something to do with his bowels or intestines or something. I don't remember. But it, this, yeah, his heart it's is another his ticker. His ticker isn't what it once was. He had to actually no. quit drinking because of it. And uh, this is supposedly related to that. We don't know don't exactly drink what it drug, is. Don't drink and do drugs, kids. I <laughs> <laughs> Don't get so riled up you rip off your clothes and start strutting around. That's all I'm yeah. saying. That's uh, Cocaine's <laughs> a hell of a drug. He's a, he's a, <laughs> he's a man that gets fired up. Uh, but no, as far as we know, Ric Flair is fine, and he is recovering right now in the hospital. Someone who is apparently not fine is Alexa Bliss. Uh, apparently, the storyline this week where she had Nikki Cross step in for her on Monday Night Raw, which we'll get to in a second, was not just storyline. She's actually under concussion protocol. Uh, we're not sure what exactly caused it, if it was the match with Naomi or if it was before that, but apparently she is out under concussion protocol with a concussion that she got somewhere, and she will miss money in the bank. They've already announced that Nikki Cross will replace her. Uh, Nick, I have to say one thing here, and that is that as much as I, I don't, I never want to question when, a re- when they report that a wrestler is injured, I never want to question that just because... I don't want to be wrong. And There's some to, bad karma in there. If there's you bad. Wrong. Exactly. Yeah. It's bad karma. It's just, it's not a good look, but this is one case where they could actually have a really awesome story come out of a wrestler's injury. So you always wonder like, ah, uh, did they do that just to make an easier story out of this? Uh, having Nikki cross come in to replace her. If Nikki wins, you have a really cool story where then Alexa bliss could manipulate her into you know getting the title and then Alexa she lays down for Alexa or something like that. So uh, there was a part of my brain, and this is just <laughs> me watching too much damn wrestling and getting worked by everything that went. You know, maybe this is a good thing that Alexa's out because it could lead to some cool stories. At the same time, I really hope she is actually okay and that uh, she's not actually injured or that her injury is not serious enough to prevent her from wrestling again. Because Lord knows she's been plagued with head injuries for the last little bit. You know, this unsafe working monstrosity behind me might have had something to do with that long-term as well. Oh, come on. I'm just saying. Not everything is Nia Jax's fault. It's usually Roman Reigns's. Anyway, uh, but Nick, yes, as you said, we we have lots of show to get to, so let us not waste any more time. Not that this is a waste of time. Big news is always something we need to talk about. I'm glad we did, but there's a ton to talk about over on Monday Night Raw. So Sami Zayn finally got into a feud uh, last week with Braun Strowman as he tried to escape. Uh, this week it continued, and Braun Strowman has now lost his money in the bank spot to Sami Zayn. Yeah, I loved how this is actually one of the elements of this week's shows that I really, I really loved how they handled all of this. Where initially 
you know, I was really worried that they were uh, Kalistoing Sami Zayn last week when they had Braun Strowman throw him into the dumpster. Um, and I was relieved when he was in the main event on SmackDown. But that being said, uh, this week they they actually kept a consistent plot going and had Sammy go whining to Shane McMahon and saying, he was mean to me. Braun dumped me in a dumpster. Wah. I won a match for his money in the bank spot. Ooh, Sammy. Nice. A little, little yes. uh, conniving heel stuff there. What's great is they never really made it clear whether Sammy had a plan or not, but it, it seemed like the, the subtext was he knew at some point someone else in the Money in the Bank match who wanted to take out Strowman would help him in this match. And that's exactly what happened, where you had Drew McIntyre and Because Baron they set Corbin it up as in, Falls Count Anywhere. Because Sammy was smart enough to make it a Falls Count Anywhere match. And the match did go all over. It went up to the concourse. It went to the back. And you had guys just jumping on Strowman from every different angle. There was a couple of great-looking big spots and bumps. Um, yeah, this was it was great. This was all over the place. It kept Strowman looking strong. So it took three guys to take him down. And like they were throwing everything. They were throwing ladders at him. He got claymored. He got just murdered. And uh, it, it took a lot to put him down. But he was ultimately put, <laughs> held down by three guys <laughs> to, to win. And they closed the show with Sami Zayn taking Braun Strowman's spot. At money in the bank. So, well, not really, because the funniest part of this was uh, Baron Corbin. After they're done, throws Sami Zayn back out onto the stage, <laughs> as Braun Strowman is coming to He's waking back up, <laughs> and p- just in time for the monster to arise. Yeah, uh, picks him back up and puts him through the announce table. Bruh. Yeah, murders Sami Zayn to end the yeah. show, which was, of course, Braun stood tall. Great, he got his heat back, but. My question here is, uh, so we like, I, I like the execution of all this. I like the way that that worked. Do you think that they changed this uh, for the money in the bank? Like they took Braun out, put Sammy in because of Braun's rumored backstage heat? Or is this just their, they, this is the story they wanted to tell. It would be too much to have Braun actually in the match. They want to have Sammy in the match and then Braun will come out to interfere at some point. Well, I mean, how long is this backstage heat for on Braun going to last? This all started like at Survivor Series last year and when he lost his opportunity for the Universal Championship at uh, Royal Rumble, wasn't it? Uh, we, it's, it's, been, been, it's been on and Is that well, the same heat you're referring to that's no, been going this, on? This heat is from WrestleMania where he botched the end of the, the Battle Royal match. Oh. He forgot his spots. So at least, uh, again, again, that is the rumor. So we don't really know, but I, I could see it being either way. I mean, I could really see this. It's going to depend on what we see on Sunday, really. Like, obviously, I don't think Braun should have been Mr. You know, he shouldn't be the Money in the Bank winner again. He shouldn't have been at the first time. But I think that they, he doesn't need to be in the match and giving Sammy that spot, I think, is a great idea. I do, and too. If you, have, if you have Braun coming out as kind of a spoiler for the match, that could be a fun little extra spot, too, too even though I think the matchup is going to be better served having you know, the, the guys they have and they're flying around the place and having the big boys like McIntyre, Corbin, and um, and Randy be the bases for the, the five other little guys. No, I can but, totally uh, see where Sammy's at the top of the ladder and Braun comes running out, knocks him off, and somebody else gets it, you know, yep. just yep. to build the storyline even more. Sure, absolutely. I, I, that's that's kind of what I feel like might be the story that they're building here. Um, so they, they basically get all of their... Uh, they, they 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 serve all of their masters. They get to punish Braun a little bit, but he still gets to do something and you know not really get too punished. 
yeah. uh, other than being out of the actual match. Plus, you also get to have a cool spot. So, I, I whether or not, to me, at the end of the day, whether he has heat or not is irrelevant here. I think this is the right choice to make from a storytelling standpoint. I'm glad Sammy's in the match. I think that's a great addition to this match. Given who else is in this match, we're going to have so many people who are going to be so much fun working together. Yes. That that I am now, this is the match I'm looking forward to the most on Sunday is the men's Money in the Bank match, just it's in the, terms of the talent. It's frankly the whole purpose of the of the pay-per-view, honestly. This <laughs> right. match. It, it is the name of the pay-per-view, isn't it, Nick? Right. Ah, huh. How, how about that? What <laughs> but that's not the only match we have on Sunday. We also have, uh, we have Becky Two Belts has two matches. Becky two, two matches. matches. <laughs> Becky Two Matches. And she signed two contracts on a contract signing on Monday Night Raw with Charlotte and Lacey Evans. Oh, mm, yes. Sa- sassy, sexy, southern bale. <laughs> uh, I have to say, man, I-, I love how Lacey pulls off her gimmick, even though it's just it's such a classic, just eye-rolling cartoon WWE. Oh, but, she's, but uh, it, it, take, it takes someone that can really, it, that really is southern to be able to say the, the things she's saying, <laughs> the way that she says them, speaking uh, as a southerner. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm this, loving it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I, this was probably the only other bright spot of the show for me. I just, liked just this confrontation. Ask, ask Luke Harper how hard it is to pull off a real Southern accent. Right. <laughs> I liked the I liked the back and forth in the banter here between Lacey and Charlotte. I didn't expect that. I didn't see yep. it coming. Uh, that was the high point here for me for this whole exchange. Was th- those two kind of just you know, tagging up on or teaming up on Becky across the table. Yeah, it was everyone giving the other one a reason for why they were going to lose. But, it was, you know, Charlotte and Lacey seemed to be on the same page for the most part. Some of this dialogue, I felt like you'd gave it to some, like the TV writers in the back just had their way with this. And other stuff felt very off the cuff. So it was like when, when Becky said, I'm going to slap the blonde off of both of you. Um, you know, there was there was some good stuff. There was some stuff to like. It's a contract signing. There was nothing that really was going to surprise you too much. They're going to jaw at each other, and then there's going to be physicality. Boom. And there was. But I liked the way they got into the physicality. And, I, and as you said, I liked some of the dialogue that they had and how pointed it was. And I liked the dynamic between Lacey and Charlotte. Here's the, Nick, did you get the same vibe at the end of this? So at, at the end, Becky mouths off to them. Lacey stands up like she's going to leave, ends up decking Becky. There's a scuffle. Becky gets the worst of it, and Charlotte and Lacey powerbomb her through the table together. Did you get a Brothers of Destruction vibe here? No. Oh, damn. I, it was just me then. Yeah, I, I think that might have just been you. I saw two. You're, you're, you're two all working tall. yourself up this weekend. You know, what? <laughs> is this work yourself into a shoot, Surrey and Dangerous <laughs> week? How dare you, sir? I thought there was I thought there was something applicable here where you have the look, we've always said that there's there are echoes of Stone Cold with the Becky, the man character, right? The same kind of like give no F's attitude and, and so forth. And one of my favorite feuds that Stone Cold ever had was when Undertaker and Kane teamed up and against him. And he was he was facing off against these two towers, and you were like, How in the world is he gonna take these two guys down? Like one of them is a threat, two of them is a nightmare. And I saw the same thing here when they dropped Becky on her head on the table. You had these two very tall women, two of the tallest women in WWE, uh, both blonde, so they have they have similar appearances. They're standing tall, holding the belts over a fallen Becky Lynch. I got flashbacks to '98. I did. I, that maybe maybe I'm crazy, but I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> I like where your head's at, though. I'm just saying. So I, I could see them doing something like that. 
I don't think there'll be a faction or anything like that. They're no. going to split off and go to their own brands, and I, I just I that's hope it's going to be the summer. I hope Charlotte's done with Becky after this. You know, it it, it yeah. has been just too much. Like, let's give Becky some fresh, some fresh stuff to do here. Leave Becky alone. Seri- well, or give her give her some new people to work with. Yeah. Like, I like her working with Lacey, even though Lacey is basically Southern Charlotte. Uh, I still like the idea of her working with someone new, and Lacey's good. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Lacey on the main roster. You know, she's got the poise. She's got the ability to cut a promo that's it's not going to blow your socks up, but it's completely serviceable. And she's got a great physicality in the ring and enough moves to, to make it look legit. So, you know, and she's got just absolutely yoked, terrifying shoulders, and it's awesome. Um, my question, another question I have here is, do you think that Becky is still as engaging a character now that she has gotten, as Charlotte put it, all that she ever wanted? Like now that now that she's on top, like is Becky the character that needs to be Becky Balboa and fighting upwards, or is she still engaging as Becky Two Belts, the champ champ? Uh, yeah, probably more of the former, and it's we're getting a little bit more of the man light or diet the man right now, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's you know you you get to the top of the mountain, and the trick is to stay atop the mountain. I get that, but we're, we've lost a little bit of the attitude that we had coming out at the end of the year last year. And going into the Royal Rumble. So I'm wondering, and a lot of that had to, let's be clear, a lot of that had to do with the way that they booked the build to WrestleMania with Ronda and Charlotte. And yeah. just that mess, right? So I feel like we're kind of resetting here a little bit. I, I, don't, think it, the, I don't think it's gone. I don't think it's ruined. There, you can still continue to have Becky be this character, the mm. shtick. Um, but it's, it's, it's still working for me. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a blast. And I agree with you. I love what Lacey's doing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think Becky has actually found a pretty good spot right now. There was a, there was a, as you said, there was some times where I felt that it was a little bit off, but I'm liking the cocky Becky, Becky character. Yeah, I can take both of you. You know, like now that I'm on top, I'm going to continue to challenge myself. So I'm liking that. It's a, it's a, it's a whole lot more engaging than the fact that we've gone back to Roman Reigns 1.0 here. Yeah. Uh, the show, this whole Raw. Opened up, and this is this is where we're going to start bitching a little bit. And you know, I, I thought there was a lot to like on the show. It definitely felt like a smorgasbord, and you had a little bit of something for everybody on the show, um, which also meant there was lots of ups and lots of downs. But one of the big downs for me was the fact that you're opening, you're in London, England, which is a notoriously hot crowd, and you open up with a long talking segment that then leads into another talking bit, which ends up creating a match that isn't going to happen until uh, later. So it was, I, I, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't like this at all. This felt very familiar. We had Miz TV open up Raw, and it was essential, and he called out Roman Reigns, and they basically ran down what was going down with Shane McMahon between both of them and Elias and all the rest of this and, and basically just promoted their Money in the Bank matches, but there was nothing that exciting here. There was no... There was no pop and the crowd you could feel the crowd losing that opening energy you you want to open a, a, a show hot and they have this horrible habit of starting the show with talking segments where they should start it with like a big bang and then go to a talking segment and this just i could you could feel this kill the crowd yeah so oh, they were completely dead because i mean what followed this ultimately was a tag match that got set up with roman and miz facing off against Elias and Bobby Lashley. Yeah. And I, I was paid a lot of attention. And if you didn't, go back and like pull up the Hulu edition and rewatch Raw and watch when this match is going on. All of them are sitting. Nobody's cheering. 
it's dead. Yeah, you can hear a pin drop in the O2 in London. Yeah, and it's not what? like it's it's not really that it's Roman or the Miz's fault. They did their best to be excited, exciting, excited, you know, excited, bring up the crowd. Um, I even liked some of the detail work they put in there with Miz's character, where Miz was saying, "Hey, Roman, you're a movie star now too. You're in Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, let's be in a movie together." And Roman goes. That sounds like the old Miz talking. I like the new Miz better. Don't make me, you know, box your ears or whatever it was. Um, I like the fact that they acknowledge that Miz's character has changed. And he's he, and he even said, he's like, yes, I learned the value of respect thanks to what Shane did to my father. I'm a changed man. It's rare that you see them acknowledge that someone has changed and how they've changed and why they changed. So that they, the fact that they did that was a nice little bit of detail. It was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, the crowd wanted to see people beat each other up. And instead we got, you know, talk, 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 talk. Shane comes out to cancel Miz TV. And while he's in the middle of doing that, Elias and Lashley, you know, bum rush Roman and the Miz from behind. And we have a tag match made for later. And then the tag match wasn't even that exciting. You know, and it's boring. It's just completely useless. And it also, it made it feel more like Roman is still the center of attention, even though he's not in the title picture, even though he's not in, frankly, a major match at Money in the Bank. He's in a match with Elias with absolutely no stakes or stipulations. That's it. He's in a match right. with freaking Elias. But this is being made to feel like it's a huge deal and it's an anti-authority thing and all of these very, very familiar tropes. And it's unfortunate because you know Roman is very over right now. It feels like people are willing to... He would have gotten booed out of that building a year and a half ago, and they didn't boo him. A couple of scattered boos, but he mostly got cheered. But you keep doing this, it's going to be right back to boos again. It really is. And and no seven-minute you know Roman ball slathering video segment is going to save you. That's only going to work so long. And because they, they showed that thing again. They showed that that uh, Roman video package again. The whole full one, like all coming through NXT, all the oh way up through God. cancer and everything. And I just so we open the show with Roman. We have a boring ass tag match with Lashley and Roman and Corbin, you know, and Elias we, and Miz. Yes, sure. Um, <laughs> I was saying those two because they they're not really that boring. <laughs> right. Um, and then we see this whole Chronicle, like we watch Chronicle again. Yeah. In the middle of a three hour show, you play us a what feels like a twenty minute video package about oh my god look how isn't roman reigns amazing he's yeah. amazing isn't he guys don't you want to love him well, cheer cheer this man you love him right it's what's crazy no! is what's crazy <laughs> is well and and here's the thing is it's so heavy-handed like yeah you know what honestly like ever since he's been a little bit humanized by the, the whole leukemia thing yeah i do want to cheer him a lot more but this heavy-handedness is not going to help it's going to drive people away at a certain point it's like it's like michael cole driving a a, a catchphrase into the ground it's going to make it feel uh, forced. So that's one thing I worry about. The other thing that's, that's too bad is, you know, instead of having something else viable, uh, for instance, if you, you watched the Hulu edition, did you not? I did. Okay. So you didn't get to see Baron Corbin versus Ricochet. You didn't get to see Rey Mysterio versus Cesaro. You got to see seven minutes of Roman Reigns having his testicles slathered on by Vince McMahon. Which, which is, I think, that is a mismanagement of your limited TV time on Hulu. So That is the crux. What you just described is the crux of the entire problem right there because you're given a list of segments that you have to cut out and you're, you're prioritizing actual wrestling and sports entertainment for a 7 to 10 minute you know, thing, Propaganda. montage, video package. Propaganda. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, essentially. exactly. Making us trying to get it, and it's having the exact opposite effect of your intention of your what you're intended that, for that to be. Yeah, but at the end of the day, WWE is still very kid centric, and uh, that was actually something that was brought home to me when I when I started uh, reading up on the reactions to this next segment we're going to talk about, and that is this week's Firefly Funhouse. Bray Wyatt finally reveals his secret, and this has been one of the more intriguing. Uh, things that's been going on on this show, frankly, in wrestling for the last few weeks, as far as what you know, as far as creativity and being unlike anything else, uh, and really it feels like he's trying something new. We had questions about Bray Wyatt's new gimmick, like the Mister Rogers, creepy Mister Rogers gimmick, for the last few weeks, as to how it was going to translate to the ring, uh, if he was going to come out in the <laughs> sweater or what this was going to be. Well, this week I think we got a glimpse as to what it's going to be. Because uh, Bray Wyatt, we see him in the funhouse again, and he said, well, this week I'm going to show you kids uh, what's what I've really been working on, and that is that I've harnessed my what of the darkness in my mind, and hey, check this out, spooky editing, and then all of a sudden Bray Wyatt is standing there in what I can only describe as a cross between the Violator from Spawn and a Slipknot mask. Corey Taylor. Yeah, Cor- yeah like a Corey Taylor or something like that from Slipknot mask. Um, with like his long blonde dreads out and like a, a clown pants and a long, uh, long jacket, uh, a long tail like with tails, but uh, an interesting look. So, at my first reaction, here's the problem. Here, uh, let me take a step back. Here's the problem. I am a horror movie fan as well. I'm an enormous horror movie buff. So you have to work to get over on me when it comes to horror stuff. And that's why Bray has always never worked for me because he just felt like a bad Blumhouse knockoff horror movie, like B movie straight to straight to Netflix or whatever, straight to video. Uh, it's never really worked for me. And this was the same thing where I, it felt cheesy. It felt a little bit goony. Uh, it didn't quite work for me at first. That being said, that was before I went online and saw that he apparently destroyed half of the children population of the United States with this thing. And that like, parents were writing in and being like, WWE, I thought you were PG. What the hell is this? My kid's having nightmares. And I went, oh. It's even better. He's actually responding to them on Twitter. And I, yes. I want to I read one of these uh, just as an example. <laughs> Some mom, I'll leave her name out of it. Way to go, Bray Wyatt and WWE. Tagged them both, for the record. Uh, I get that the adults like the mask. Even I am a fan, but the mom in me hates you for this. You scared the hell out of my nine-year-old son who absolutely adores WWE. I wonder how many other kids you terrified. His response was a snippet, I believe, from Eastbound and Down, and it says, let the boy watch. (laughs) Ha, ha. Damn, Bray. Oh, it's brilliant. I love All it. in on it, and I love he's, that. I love yep. the commitment. Yeah, well, There's also been some stuff getting passed around about the guy who helped him design the mask and finally talk about it openly now that it's all out. And, yeah. You know, uh, that's fascinating to hear that this has been going on this long. They've been planning this for so long, and there's this amount of effort has gone into it for so long. So I'm I'm all in on this. I can't wait to see what it turns into. Is it going to be a Finn Balor thing where you have – Mr. Rogers in the sweater and the uh, demon comes out at some point because it can't get it done. I don't know. That's my expectation. Yeah, I wonder, uh, that being said, I ultimately fear for when the two of them meet again because remember last time Finn and Bray looked like it was heading towards a train wreck. 
But uh, yeah, so far so good. I, I, this is definitely making me more comfortable about what they're going to do in the ring. As I've been saying the whole time, he just needs to win. You need to let him win feuds. And then this will actually gain some traction and some steam. But uh, I definitely like the intention behind this. Uh, and the commitment is certainly there as well. Um, that being said, as you said, when, when it came to the guy who was making the mask, he revealed that uh, when it all started... Uh, and there was a huge reaction to because this has been getting a huge reaction. Yeah. Uh, Bray wrote the guy who who made the mask for him and said, well, well, brother, we changed wrestling. Do you think that's hyperbole or is that just him psyching himself up or uh, do you think that that's legit? I don't want to take anything away from them from the job that they've done. I mean, this kind of stuff takes some planning. You really have to map out a storyline. He's obviously thought a lot about the details. Yeah. There's a ton of little details here, and, too. And we don't know the end game yet. Like, what we saw this week, I don't think... We might be halfway through this thing. I don't know that we're gonna, yeah. We're done seeing what he's got to reveal. There could be so, more twists. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering so, I'm what excited. other superstars... Is this going to be a Wyatt family situation where there's other people that are part of this? Uh, are the puppets going to stick around? Is uh, a, a physical manifestation of Sister Abigail into a puppet, Abby, going to be a thing? I, I, I don't know. Where what, what the hell's with this Mercy the Vulture? What's with There's, Rambling Rabbit, the worst puppet of all time? Oh, who, I love it. Who got stitched back together and was in a sling this yeah, week after band. Mercy cons- <laughs> tore him apart last. There's a lot Great. more here to unpack, guys. Yeah. And, and I think we're just getting started, and I think the anticipation of this is what has me so excited about it. I, I'm just glad that they let Bray kind of go off with this. You know, there's there's so many ideas that are thrown to WWE. Apparently, he had to like throw that mask idea in front of Vince dozens of times before Vince finally said, "Fine, just go do it, pal." Uh, but I'm glad that like you know he fought for it. And he's getting it done because Lord knows we need more creative stuff like this yeah. to happen in WWE. This is exciting. It's new. We're curious where it goes. So good stuff. Sorry, so far. not sorry about your nine year old. Yeah, right. And 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 again, it, you know his his type of horror is not for me, but. If it's working on some people, Lord knows when I was a kid, there were things that messed me up that I look at now and go, really? The wolf and never-ending story kept me up for years? Wow. No, it's, it's the horse dying. That's, that's the thing. The horse dying was sad, but it was not scary. The wolf in never-ending story is one of the most terrifying things young me ever saw. I'll see you and raise you a dog's head splitting open in the thing. Okay, that's, that, that's was my, actual, that was my one thing. That's an actual horror movie, and if we get into <laughs> horror movies that we saw as a kid, it's a whole different world. I'm talking about uh, ostensibly kids' movies that were PG or G and the stuff they had in them. So back, back when we were kids. No, I'm saying that's a secret of Nim. I'm looking at you. But, one last uh, thing I want to say about this real quick is to, to the moms and the, and the parents out there that are bent out of shape about this, uh, you're the one paying the cable bill, not the kid. You're the one letting the kid watch it, not the kid. So they're trying to do things to get ratings. Uh, your nine-year-old is not going to count on the Nielsen ratings. You I, are. No, but I think that I think that the point that they're trying to make is, is that they they thought WWE was one thing, and this is definitely a surprise. So, but at the same time, you know, you and I saw Jake the Snake stick a cobra on Macho Man. Uh, you know what I mean? Like there was some gnarly stuff that we saw as kids from WWE. I think that it's something that. It shouldn't be out of bounds for the product to have a little bit of stuff that pushes boundaries here or there, and parents need to be prepared to react to it if that happens. This was not that bad. No, this is no different than a guy coming out covered in demon paint. 
with giant tongues well, wrapped around him. Yeah, you but know? he's a he's a good guy. He's a superhero. You know, and he's coming out like Spider Man. This is definitely a different thing altogether. But at the same time, we could we could. I mean, this is a whole parental responsibility debate we could get into. Yeah. The end of the day, uh, this is not too bad. If kids have nightmares for a little bit, I think it's only going to engage them in the product more, and it will create a lasting memory the way that it created lasting memories for you or I when we saw scary things when we were a kid. It builds character, damn it, and I'm resting, I'm resting on that. I uh, promise they're watching worse shit on YouTube. I promise <laughs> they, they are. They can. They will. Uh, AJ and Seth are having a match on Sunday. They, ha- they both cut some promos. We're at the stage where... We can't put them in a, a tag match anymore. We can't have them sign a contract. We just have to have them talk. But they also did a they did some a couple of nice vignettes, a couple of nice video packages here that I thought did a better job of building this story and this match than anything they've done up until now. Agreed. Um, I like the fact that they're they're keeping it somewhat face face. AJ's being a bit of a dick, but not so much that he loses his babyface status. Um, I like the fact that Seth Rollins is basically trying to cement who he is while AJ is basically trying to prove that he's still the man, uh, pardon the pun. But, you know, I, I do like, I like this as a go home. It was not fire. It was not super exciting. Um, no, but it I, gave gravitas to the match, to the story of the, the match. Gravitas is the exact word. Gravitas is the perfect word. The, the, the legend of these two fighting each other 15 years ago and yes. when they were just coming up and how much Seth used to look up to him and now AJ's going to be looking up to Seth. Just that. Yes, yeah. that's what I want in my wrestling. Yeah, I have, to, I have to say that even though I didn't give me like an, a, like a crazy urge to watch this match, I'm not like, I need to watch this match now, even though I should be because on paper, it's going to be a great match. But... That being said, what the the headspace they put me on this mat uh, with this match now because of these the segments, um, I, I like where I'm at a lot more than I liked where I was before seeing these segments. So in that sense, yes. I have to, I have to declare it a win for them because they only improved the build to this match with these segments, even though it didn't make them like fire. It was still uh it was still well done. Uh, I was kind of all downhill from there. Um. I don't know. I like I like what we're going to talk about next. We had a uh, the four women who were involved in the Women's Money in the Bank match from Raw, that being Natalia, Dana Brooke, Naomi, and uh, Alexa Bliss, were due to have a fatal four-way match because that's what we do before uh, Money in the Bank. That's fine. It's tradition. It's, it's a trope. It's not too bad. What was interesting here was we had Alexa backstage on the phone. Apparently, the airplane lost her luggage. And uh, a very, very sane, calm, composed Nikki Cross comes up to her and goes, Ah, there, Alexa, what's wrong? And uh, proceeds to listen to Alexa bitch and complain about all the problems she's been having. And she gets Nikki to volunteer to be in this fatal four-way match for her. This was actually a decent match. There was a couple of great spots in it. Dana Brooke coming off the top of a ladder. Yeah, oh, a, that was beautiful. With, with a splash. Wow. Um and I love Nikki's, you know, draping neckbreaker, swinging neckbreaker that of she course. does. Been which, a fan of that she, ever since NXT. Well, and she won the match with that. She beat, she pinned Natalia to win this fatal four-way match. And Alexa came down, set up a, 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 a ladder in the ring with her, and posed on top of the ladder with the Money in the Bank briefcase while Nikki kind of stared up at her with a crazy look on her face. Uh, what? So two things here. Um, we already talked earlier about Alexa's injury and how that was will affect Money in the Bank. And, and I talked about how the possible storyline they might go with here with that, which I think would be a, a kind of a cool storyline, whether or not Alexa's legit injured. Uh, my question here is, 
what did you think about so we, this is the first time we've really seen Nikki in a while and backstage she was very very calm and collected and seemed very composed she got to the ring and went right back to crazy Nikki what do you think the, the, the thought was there I think the gimmick is going to stay. The crazy Nikki is is going to be around. You know, that's going to be her fighting personality. But it would be funny if she if backstage outside of the ring she was just oh calm Nikki, you know, soft spoken and little short little five four foot eleven and you know if it became more like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, you mean? Yes, I could yes. see that. I could I could I could get behind that where she like she goes crazy when she gets out the ring. Yeah, they needed to establish that because they didn't establish why she changed character here, but. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely thought that there was, it, it was inexplicable that she changed here. But there's ways they could explain it where it will be an actual fun dynamic. Yeah, I it's think not, her being in this match over Alexa adds a different, whole new flavor to it as well that I, I didn't see oh, coming. Yeah, same, same. I definitely liked her inclusion in this match. Um, also because it totally changes my idea of who might win this match. But uh, I, I, I still wonder how they're going to define her going forward. I'm glad she's getting an opportunity here. And also, real quick, I'm glad Dana Brooke is starting to get more and more opportunities because even though she's still shaky on a lot of things, um, all the reports I'm hearing are that she just busts her actual butt on everything there. She's always setting up, she's setting up the ring. She's working at the Performance Center all the time. She's showing up before everyone else, leaving after everybody. Like She's putting in the, she's putting in the miles. So... And she's definitely getting more spots. You're seeing her get more spots in the last few weeks. That might be why. She's, she's been getting, on TV a lot recently. She's been Yeah, well, it's also because they split the woman's roster the way they did. But yeah. I think it's also because she's starting to get in good with management. Yeah. And they're starting to be like, all right. you know, And they're giving her spots like the one she had in this match. Which, frankly, like, you know, not the best talker in the world. Definitely can't improv to save her life. But you give, like, she's insanely athletic. Um, and if you just give her some big spots like this to do, She'll get over with the fans just from being something, someone that people want to see. Yeah. So, yeah, some, and memorable. Uh, you guys know me. I've been a fan of hers for a long time. Not on the mic, but just the physicality and, and you know, she's good. And that's, this latter spot, her jumping off was, we need to please make that, More of that something that's in the ladder match this Sunday. Sure. Because give, give we need a lot a couple, of that stuff. Give her a couple of big spots in the match. She's, she's strong like Natalia is. She can be a good base. She can do a lot of stuff. So, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with her on Sunday. Uh, I'm also looking forward to what they do with Ricochet on Sunday. He had a match against Baron Corbin, who I'm not as excited to see what he does on Sunday, but he's in the match too. But Baron Corbin versus Ricochet. Baron Corbin ends up picking up the win here after after a very game Ricochet takes it to him in this match. Do you, But here's the thing. Afterwards, Ricochet ends up standing tall on him uh, and running him off. Do you think that that actually, you know, do you think that oh, see he actually pushed Corbin off of a ladder? If and I remember correctly. he well he runs in, climbs up the ladder. You're thinking and, of SmackDown. Oh, is that was that you're what it was? Of, you're thinking of SmackDown on whatever Raw, one he had. I know you. <laughs> I, I didn't I know, see this I know on you were, Raw. You were traveling a lot this week, Nick. So I know you. <laughs> everything's blending together for you over there. Uh, no, Ricochet Please got taken out. Please get rid of the plan split. I can't take it anymore. He got he, Ricochet got taken out with an end of days, and then uh, Corbin set up a ladder to kind of gloat. Ricochet ran in and uh, knocked over the ladder. Corbin went flying out of the ring, and Ricochet stood tall. So they kept them pretty even. Uh, you would you would have to assume like you know it's WWE. The big guys are going to win over the little guys nine times out of ten. Even you know six times out of out of eight, uh, nine, whatever you want to say. Like they're going to win most of the time. 
Um, I'm just glad that they gave Ricochet a little heat back after the match just to keep it even so that going into Sunday, things are somewhat even between the two of them. It was kind of a showcase match. It was quick. It was fun, uh, but obviously no stakes, much like many of the things on the show. The only thing, really big downside on the show, you know, Roman and Miz versus Elias and Lashley, zero stakes. Corbin versus Ricochet, zero stakes. Women's Fatal 4-Way, zero stakes. So it was... It's a little bit too bad. I like the fact that at least Braun Strowman and Sami Zayn had some enormous, enormous stakes and, and paid off. Yeah. Um, we also had zero stakes in Rey Mysterio versus Cesaro, which was, uh, this was a whole thing where you had Samoa Joe cutting a, a, a promo on Rey and his son, how he shouldn't have brought his son in, and uh, Cesaro talking smack to Rey and quest- questioning Dominic's parentage. I'm glad that's still a thing. It's, I'm glad it's not just us making jokes about that, Nick. I'm glad it's still can, a can thing. Can I say that that is K-fabe. my favorite part of my fantasy booking bonus episode that I cannot wait for you guys to hear. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Ooh, no spoilers. I'm not saying oh, anything. Oh. oh, it's so good. Oh, God. I'm going to need, need to be drunk for this, aren't I? Yeah, you'll maybe, probably be. Yeah. Maybe that will be something else we do is you just you you rattle off your whole year's worth of booking and I'll just get quietly drunk on my side of the of the <laughs> microphone here. And at some point we just hear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fall asleep. I just get feisty. It might be a yeah. really R-rated episode. Anyway, yeah. So Rey Mysterio ended up beating Cesaro uh, following a 6-1-9 and a frog splash. But it was a really solid match. That's one that if you if you watch the Hulu version, go check it out on, on YouTube. It is actually worth a watch. So is Joe's promo, not surprisingly. But really no, in my opinion, no real major build for Sunday. But uh, yeah, the only other thing we had really on uh, a Monday Night Raw was Mojo Rawley had a match against Apollo Crews. He's got like a chest protector now and some face paint under his eye. And <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, Nick. I think it's DOA. I haven't I, even I, seen it. I think I think I got, one of the I got to watch why, the Roman video package again. I think it's <laughs> uh, I don't know which is worse, but I, here's the thing. I don't know if the new repackaged Mojo Rawley was they held off on him and now they're giving him Apollo Crews squashes because they don't believe in it either but i'm feeling like that's the case i feel like ww doesn't believe in it either they're looking at it and going "Eh, it's a little cringy it's a little cringy uh also cringy the revival they finally got to cut a somewhat serious promo on the usos basically saying you guys are you know you guys have played all these pranks on us and blah 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 we'll get you eventually you know they called them uh weirdo voyeurs and if you guys want to continue to be the skid mark in the underpants of society, go ahead. Eh, it was st- yeah, it's still somewhat childish, all this stuff. But they did say, you know, we're going to come get you uh, after Money in the Bank. So, great. The revival's, yeah. revival's still there, and we'll see if Vince continues to have his yucks at their expense after Money in the Bank, or if we actually get some serious matches between them and the Usos, which would be nice because they're two fantastic tag teams. Hmm. Well, that's it for Monday Night Raw, guys. I almost fell asleep even as we were talking about it. (laughs) We'll see what happens uh, on Money in the Bank this Sunday, but we're not done yet. We've still got to go over the rest of what went down this week over on SmackDown Live. Well, guess who opened the show on SmackDown? Ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da
Um, you know, it was, I, I, I want to say some more about the wild card rule when we get to the end of SmackDown here because, frankly, like it was nearly non-existent on Monday. And Tuesday, they made a bit more of a deal out of it and they actually set up some things that I kind of thought were promising. But the fact that it allows them to run the same essential feuds to open both shows, that really, uh, that really got my goat. So, yeah. Roman says, oh, hey, it's my show. I'm back on SmackDown. I'm going to bring The Miz over here. So they said an inversion that we had on Monday. Shane McMahon came out to talk smack, unsurprisingly. And he said he had a couple of buddies who had some beef with The Miz being on the show. And he brought out Daniel Bryan and Rowan, which is a marked step up from Bobby Lashley and Elias, I will say. Yes. <laughs> I have to say. Uh, also, Ro- uh, Rowan, Rowan shirt, shirt watch, watch. Rowan shirt watch. Rowan shirt watch. Arcona. Ar- he went obscure this week. Arcona. It's Russian we, folk metal. We left metal. Scandinavia and went to Russia. Went to Russia. Well, they're still a very Slavic uh, subject matter. But, <laughs> that, yeah, it's... it's not I'm 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 surprised he went he's it's still folk metal he's still sticking to like to to type but <laughs> anyway uh yeah so we had um Shane McMahon and Elias and Daniel Bryan and Rowan all out to beat up poor little Miz and Roman Reigns they got beat up and then out to make the save two more guys from Raw the Usos come out to help uh once it gets all gets broken up we have a match announced for later uh, with a backstage segment. Shane says he's going to ban Miz from ringside for the match, so it'll be a three-on-four handicap match. Uh, Shane, Elias, Rowan, and Daniel Bryan versus the Usos and Roman, because the Samoan cousins. And uh, we had we had that match later, and it was honestly, I, Nick. As much as I didn't like the setup, it was a fun match. It was fine. It was a lot of good uh, the, talent. The Usos bring a lot of life to a wrestling ring. Well, especially and, when they're and, in there with the likes of Daniel Bryan. Sure. And even Rowan got his big spots in, and it was fine. Yeah. So it, it, it was fine. Yeah. And it I, was, I'm not over the moon about it. It was, it, this yeah. is fine. It, it was, <laughs> but it, wasn't, it was not bad. Uh, lots of exciting spots. Ultimately, though, what was interesting was Shane did a coast-to-coast on one of the Usos. I forget it was Jimmy or Jay. And ends up picking up the win. So the bad guys win the match, but then Miz runs out because he was only banned during the match. He would have lost his cage match at Money in the Bank if he'd interfered in the match. He comes running out afterwards with a chair, clean, cleans house. So, yeah, the the faces stand tall to end, even though they lost the match. So I, I don't really have anything to say about this match. There was it was just a match for momentum, which means to me, Jack Poopy. I'm, um, my hope is that this is the beginning of what I've wanted all along, uh-oh. and what we should have had at the beginning of the year. Damn it! That those are words that always make me nervous, Nick. Daniel Bryan in the Miz. Ah, yes. It was interesting to see their dynamic as uh, with uh, with the heel face dynamic inverted. With they uh, could totally revive that beef that they had. They they called it out here where yeah. Shane said, "I've I got someone here who's got a, like a long standing beef with you," and out comes Daniel Bryan. Um, it's interesting to see them with this inverted dynamic. Yeah, it's, I it's, would love to see yeah. these two guys just go to town, make this a SummerSlam match or something. But sh- get out of the way, Shane. <laughs> I mean, just like. Go back to behind the curtain, Mr. McMahon. Oh, well, what do you mean? Shane McMahon, my son's a draw, damn it, pal. My son is a draw. All of this is fine except for Shane, and I'm going to stand by that. I, I, for, I know you appreciate his, he's, 50, appreciate he's in his 50s, and he's still he's doing, doing the things that he's, sure, barely. He, he plays his role. He's a great heel. Um, I don't, I'm not really a big fan of the authority thing, but uh, you know, everything, every other aspect of it is fine with me. 
I'm over the best in the world thing already. It's it's oh, toast. It's, I, I it love sh- it. Should have ended at Mania. It's now it's now becoming a whole trolling thing, which is which is fun too. And I and I love the fact that he's bringing Greg Hamilton into it all the time. My my issue with this whole segment was we literally had uh, Corey Graves and Byron Saxton yelling at each other for most of this match, like actively yelling at each other and calling each other a fool and and like what are you talking about, Byron? You you obviously don't know anything. Like. It was actually to the point where usually I can handle a bit of snarky interaction with the commentators, and it's one of the things I liked about Gorilla and, and The Brain was they were always kind of taking little jabs at each other. Right. Um, even JR and Lawler sometimes. But this is this has devolved to two guys just yelling at each other, you know, over concepts <laughs> instead of actually co- you know calling the match. Right. And talking about like trying to build up the importance of what these guys are fighting for in this match. Um, you know, they're, they're yelling about who's on whose side and, and it's, it does, it's not working for me. Yeah. And maybe no, that's me I, just I much more enjoy the commentary I have for a long time and I've really come around on Tom Phillips. I really hope they, it, if, and when Michael Cole decides to step aside that they make Tom Phillips the full-time, uh, lead on both shows. He does feel a little bit more like a human, doesn't he? Yes. Like they even not, had not a not a jack in the box that you constantly that big dog. Hello, yeah, I am Michael Cole, and I am here to announce that Becky, the champ, champ, Becky two belts is coming to the ring. Get out of the ring, Michael Cole. Uh, so anyway, yeah. That, so that was this whole segment, and it was as I said, it was better than Raw, but mm, not by much. Yeah. Uh, we also, the, in the main part of the show, we had Kofi coming out on ostensibly on the KO show, except Kevin Owens wasn't there. So Kofi was alone in the ring, and Kevin Owens was hiding backstage saying, I really don't want to come out. But uh, Kofi ended up talking him into coming out. Kevin Owens came out, T's going to the ring, walked away, T's going to the ring, walked away. And then ultimately, uh, when Kofi ran out after him, Kofi got mugged by Sami Zayn. And him and Kevin Owens, uh, well, they all, they all had a nice little scuffle there even though ultimately Kofi stood tall um dun, couple, dun, dun. couple couple of questions here one so they also they showed uh Kevin Owens said you know what you should be worried about me on Sunday because of this and they showed a Kevin Owens video package which I thought if you're really trying to make this an exciting segment don't cut to video but it was a really right. good video showing what a killer Kevin Owens was and how you know how, what a mean guy he's been ever since he came up from NXT uh which is great it also made Kofi look stronger by being the kind of guy who would stand up to Kevin Owens, didn't back down from him, kept calling him out. And the show ended up, the show ended, it went off the air with Kofi at, in the rope saying, what's coming to you on Sunday is what you deserve, Kevin Owens. And it was great. Very like fiery baby face stuff. Um, do you think that it's appropriate to show these kinds of clips in the middle of these segments or is it, is it fatuous? Is it just silly and pointless? Um... Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, but I, th- I don't think it was necessary here. I-, I like the dynamic of Kevin being too scared to come out with Kofi like laid back in the chair. But when you have Sammy come out and do this, uh, what I'm scared of here, putting all that stuff aside, I'm scared of we're getting back to Sammy and Kevin best, super best friends again. And then they're going to turn on each other. And then we've seen this before. Like, Can we not come up with something else for Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn to do? I am never mad at Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn being on the same page or, or as enemies. I'd rather see them I, with, fighting them together. If they're together, I have no problem with that. But here's the thing, though. Let's, let's actually talk about that because this was at the end of the show, and when Sami Zayn came out, the announcers 
said, oh my God, it's the fourth wild card. And that actually sparked something in my head where one upside to the wild card rule that they could do if they wrote it properly. <laughs> if they wrote it. Uh, <clears throat> one thing they could do if they wrote it properly was have it be, there's an expectation of four people from the other brand on every show. And you never know who it's going to be or when they're going to pop up. And so you can get to the end of the show like this and be like, well, that fourth wild card hasn't popped up yet. Who could it be? And then have them you know, show up like Sammy did here and have it be a surprise. They didn't really play it strong enough here, but you could build that in the future and have it yeah. be something that's an, absolutely an exciting dynamic. So something that just occurred to me with that. Um, but they didn't have to explain why Sammy was there. We know that him and Kevin Owens are on the same page. So that given character history, like if someone, if Drew McIntyre showed up and beat up Kofi Kingston, we'd be like, why the hell is he there? Sami Zayn can do it, and we understand. I think that's the real reason here, Nick. I don't because think he's helping Sam or Kevin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't have to explain anything. We know. We know they're on the same page, right? So that, that's what made that make sense to me. I don't want him to be. That's why I was excited about Kevin Owens coming back as, you know, dad bod face Kevin Owens. Right. And Sam, we knew Sammy was probably going to come back as a heel which he ended up doing, but then he ended up turning, uh, KO turned on the New Day, and it kind of threw me yeah. for a loop. Everything I thought that we happened were going to get Vicious, KO, and Sammy again. Everything that happened with Mustafa Ali and Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston was such, like, that was not what they had planned at all. Yeah. And it, it worked out <laughs> pretty well, I would say, but at the same time, you know, Kevin Owens didn't want to go heel again so quickly. He said it's fine, like, it, it worked when it, when it happened, but he would have liked to have stayed face longer. Uh, and I would have liked to have seen it too, but Me too. It just that's just not how the chips fell here. And this is one of those instances where I can't really fault WWE for playing their cards the way they did because they had a full house, and if they hadn't played it, we'd have all been calling them out for it. Yeah, you know. And they, they, they. I thought they did it really well. So I'm calling it, calling a, calling it good when I see it. Yeah. Um, I was gonna also say like, do you think Kofi as champ has been nailed? Like we were worried about it the first week where he just didn't quite feel like. A, a badass champ. Do you feel like he feels like a badass champ now? I do now because he's bringing different energy to the ring. He's doing yes. great on the mic. Agreed. Um, he's owning it. And that's really the key for me is that it felt a little wishy-washy. Like even he didn't believe that he was going to win at WrestleMania. <laughs> and it felt that way that first week. Like, oh my God, this actually happened. <laughs> I don't know what but I'm doing here set, either, guys. Right? <laughs> but I mean, this belt's real heavy and sh I'm just a little guy. Now, since then... He has owned it. He's backstage in sort of a leadership role with, yes. with Xavier Woods, uh, telling I got him, the, I, got, I this. got this. I'm going to go out stay and back handle. here. Yeah, you're still he's, not 100%. He's laid back and relaxed in K the KO show chairs, talking smack to Kevin. You know, yeah. yes, absolutely. They have turned a corner with Kofi Kingston uh, since the Mania win. Or Kofi has turned the corner. It's, it's sure. strictly it's strictly subtle nuances of his performance that he's well, coming. I'm assuming around I'm assuming there's coaching happening backstage. That's what that's what I that's what I meant. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. But if if so, then he's taking the notes properly. Yeah, you know, he's he's definitely improved his poise as a champion. Like take what you're doing and turn it up to eleven. And I think he's done that. Well, this, these are the ways that you go out there and look like a champ. And these are the ways you go out there and look like you're a third member of New Day. And they're subtle, but you've got to do them. And he's doing them, whether, you know, whether it's his aggression, his poise, his ability to, uh, you know, to feel bigger than himself. Um, you know, he has to be able to hold the ring solo. He doesn't have two other guys now. 
And I think that's why they're actually doing this a lot where he's out there solo because they're testing if he can do that. And he can. He's doing it. So good job, Kofi. Yes. Also good job, whoever. Uh, obviously, this is, I think it was kind of a gimme. Like we said, they always do fatal four-way matches for the Money in the Bank uh, match. So we With had the all, competitors of who's going to be exactly. in the ladder match. Yeah. So the SmackDown side, the four guys, Andrade Cien Almas, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, and Mustafa Ali were all in a match together. Uh, I was going to say congratulations to whoever booked this, but again, it's kind of a WWE trope. But whoever said, like, let's get these guys as the ones in the Money in the Bank match, thank you. Thank you. Because yes. this match was awesome. Uh, and if this is a, a, a preview of what I'm going to see on Sunday, I'm very excited for Sunday. This was awesome. All these guys just worked so well together. Uh, by the way, did was it just me or did Andrade look like an extra, like he was he like an extra level of badass this week? Oh, he he's definitely finding his mark as well. Big uh, it's I don't know if it's because he's dating Charlotte. <laughs> I don't know if it's because they're making him talk more now. Even though it yeah. is incredibly broken English on Nakamura and Oscar levels of bad, um, but it's it's working. It works for me. I just I love hearing people yell in like broken or foreign languages because you, that's where their passion comes out. Yes, and I, I'm seeing more and more passion where he's not just this you know Terminator robot being puppeteered by Zelina Vega. I'm actually seeing that that lucha Latino passion passion come out of Andrade. I don't know what that so, was, Nick, but okay. Um, <laughs> you know, what I'm scared of here is that he's been my pick to win money in the bank for about three weeks now. <laughs> yes. And of course he goes up and, and tries to grab the briefcase, but wait, well, he wins Not the match too he, soon. Hey, he, he beat Finn Balor clean. Finn Balor got a little bit distracted outside the ring, but he still got Finn Balor in there. Hammerlock DDT. He just pinned the intercontinental champion and then, and then goes up to pose on the ladder with the briefcase. As you said, one which, step at a time. That was brilliant. I love well, it. Well, he's never, you know, he's never been in a ladder match. <laughs> so uh, just saying. Mm, uh, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> Um, no, but this is the thing is Andrade feels like a, he's always felt like a star. He carries yeah. himself like a star and that's not just flair rubbing off on him. Uh, move, pardon. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Ooh, <her. laughs> uh, but, uh, no, that's not just that it's, he, he has felt like a star for a long time. Apparently the report is that he went up to Vince McMahon and said he wanted a consistent push. Um, cause he was getting all kinds of positive feedback backstage. And he said, you know, basically give me a, a really consistent, good push. And what do I have to do? And Vince said, learn English, pal. So there you go. That's probably why they're giving him more talking parts. He's apparently working extremely hard to, to get the language down. And you know what? More power to him. Uh, he, he deserves it. Lord knows. Cause he's, he's, he is that good. And he's, he's been that good ever since they rejiggered his gimmick back in NXT. Yep. Um, but yes, as you said, he's up on that ladder holding that briefcase when who should come running out? But, ricochet! Uh, but a waste of a wild card, Ricochet, because he just runs out, grabs a briefcase, poses with it, knocks, knocks uh, Andrade off the uh, ladder, grabs a briefcase, poses with it, runs up the ramp, and that's that. That was your wild card from Raw, or one of them. Um, right. Yeah. I, mean, I'm a- right. I-, I was happy to see it, and I-, I think I even sent you a text that said something that gave me the tinglys. Yes. Seeing Ricochet hold the briefcase, I went, oh. It is weird. It is weird to see our boy Ricochet holding that briefcase after all this time. That is, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. That's, that's not weird. It's amazing. Well, it's a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Uh, I just, again, though, I hate these momentum matches. And this was another momentum match where they, they ran that word into the ground. It's for mental momentum. Find a way to have matches that have stakes, that have more important 
ramifications for the future. For instance, what if this match was, if you win this match, uh, so the person who wins on Raw, the person who wins on SmackDown, right? Those two men are the only ones who can bring ladders out from underneath the ring or from down the ramp. You can't touch a ladder until one of those two guys touches it first. That would be a really cool stipulation, and it would give weight to these matches as opposed to just, hey, here's four guys having a match for momentum. Doesn't that know. make them the workhorses or something? Like, go get my ladder, bitch. No, you know? <laughs> it, it means, it means they, have the, they have the advantage. Like, no one can really get that briefcase until they decide to get that briefcase. I, again, okay. I'm, this is, I'm spitballing here. Um, I, think, I just think it would be a, a cool stipulation in the match where only two guys could activate ladders, right? And then yeah. that, that way they control the momentum of the match, and there really is momentum being fought for in these matches, not just some ephemeral thing. My head's going to explode if you say momentum one more time. <laughs> well, we're going uh, to take our momentum and move on to the next segment, which was Charlotte and Lacey having a promo package, video package segment. Um, so they had a, a big, they had a big bit where Charlotte uh, and and Becky Lynch's history was was discussed, was done in a video package, which I thought was awesome. Actually, yeah. Nick, I gotta say, like, I wasn't really psyched for Becky Lynch Charlotte number nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine until I saw this, and it was like, oh yeah, they have a really strong history. Great. Well, we've only seen it the one time, and we haven't seen it twenty seven thousand times like we have with the Roman Reigns one. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see it about 10 more times on Sunday, I'm sure. But that being said, we also saw a uh, promo from uh, Lacey Evans saying, y'all forgetting about me, but don't sleep on me because I might be the one that sneaks up and makes her Becky Black Eye. And then I'm uh, I'm Monday Night Raw Women's Champion. So good stuff. I I think that they built it as best as they could. Uh, You had the contract signing. You had a couple promos here. Fine. Yeah, This is ready to go. Well done. We're good. Put it all together. Let's have the. T- It'll be interesting to see one person having the two title matches yep. uh, on, on Sunday. Well done putting all of this together. Yeah, I want to. I want to. This is a stark contrast to the from the build to WrestleMania. <laughs> fantastic yep. work, writers that are listening. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. But uh, not so fantastic. Where Paige came out with Oscar and Kyrie saying to oh, debut them as the Kabuki Experience. The ka- <laughs> The close, the Kabuki Warriors. Wait, you can't say war anymore. Apparently you can because the Kabuki Warriors is what they're calling Asuka and Kyrie, who still don't have an entrance song that sounds good. They still just oh have someone in some DJ in the back transferring back and forth between the two songs whenever he feels like it. Um, they had a match with Fire and Desire, which of course is Sonya Deville and Mandy. 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 And, um, you know, it was... <laughs> nothing to write home about the crowd was completely dead for this match which i don't know about you nick do you think that that is a, a just a, hor- a horrific evidence it's a london crowd they're they're usually just rabid and it's oscar and Kyrie sane and frankly i like oscar against mandy against uh, both mandy rose and sonia deville i, I like Kyrie sane against both of them i like this matchup but london didn't they were dead do i didn't you think either. that do you, you didn't like it either I'm still personally bent out of shape about what they've done to Asuka. Mm. Yep. That's kind of where I'm I was going st- with I'm this. I'm still holding a grudge. I still have a personal vendetta. I'm still stomping my feet around and throwing a tantrum about it. 
uh, going back to yet again that whole build of the women's uh, triple threat to WrestleMania. But yep. all that aside, uh, I don't even know what the hell Kabuki is. Well, kab- uh, Kabuki I know what is Viking a- is. I don't know what Kabuki is. Kabuki is a style of Japanese theater. Uh, Kabuki literally translates to being slightly strange or weird or off center. Um, okay. So, but it's typically only performed by men. Which is interesting. The, the other interesting no- thing to note here is that Kyrie Sane and Asuka initially wanted to be called um, uh, Kabuki Girls, I think was the name they wanted for their team. And it apparently sounded too weak. So they changed it to Kabuki Warriors. But basically, the bottom line is, is Asuka and Kyrie picked this name. And I don't know. And again, there's also the factor of how were they allowed to use the word war when we just had this whole debacle with the War Raiders. War Machine. Viking experience. Raider, War Machine, machine yes. Viking, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but this is the, so this is, this, all of this is, there's even some controversy about whether or not the name Kabuki Warriors is racist. And I'd say, I'd, I personally think it's a long way from racist. Especially because, too. especially because, one, they picked the name. Um, and if Asuka isn't dressed like a Kabuki princess, I don't know what she is. Um, so it's, it's obviously been part of her gimmick and it's something that they're looking at in terms of their presentation. So yeah, I think it's totally, I mean, good Lord. It's not the Orient Express. It's right. not, it's not, it's Oscar and Kyrie saying the choppy, choppy peepees, you know, so it could be, it could be way worse. Super kawaii. Oh <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's fine. It's, I'm sure I'll get used to the name. I just, I'm with you. I don't like the idea that they're a tag team. Nope. Not I, one I th- bit. I think that having Paige parade them around also isn't really helping the perception of racism. That's a whole other thing I don't want to get into. But uh, basically, at least they're not coming out in in kimonos and chopsticks in their hair and you know the the geisha duo or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Oscar is coming out in a kimono, so. Eh. But but it looks cool, so forget. She's it. also it's, got it's, stockings and a mask and a kabuki on, mask and a kabuki yeah. mask so that's it's like i said it's her gimmick the best part about this segment wasn't just that uh we well the best part was the iconics just being trolls on the on the commentary table again um you know even though because frankly there was nothing to do with this match they were just back there chirping but there was nothing really to the match and the fact that the big story here was one the name of the kabuki warriors and two the fact that once again mandy rose screws up and loses the match for for their team uh, means that the big story here is that there's still problems with fire and desire. So we still don't have a story for Asuka and Kyrie. We still don't have, like, know what their purpose is other than just to be out there for Paige to win. Um, so yeah, yeah, this whole this whole segment was just kind of a mess. Yep. Uh, next up, we had a uh, segment where Caleb Braxton was waiting for uh, Lars Sullivan to appear so that oh, he could uh, have his moment on the microphone to explain and, why he'd been leaving a path of destruction over the last few right. weeks. Yes. So he does, he manifests himself, uh, there in front of Caleb Braxton, which very well done with the camera to show the size difference in those two. I'll throw that out there. Uh, but Kayla was fantastic in stuttering around and not even, you know, playing scared. Uh, but I, but he Lars didn't even speak. Didn't have a word. Do you think He's this was ironic? Scared. Like Lars gets in trouble when he opens his mouth. Or, or his, or his, or his. No, I think this thing. was very on the nose. Like yeah. it's just, oh, big scary man, you scary. I'm scared, little girl. I run away. I can't speak. Yeah, that. At least, at least it was short and quick, 
and something different than what we've seen the last few weeks. So, ex- yep. well, I guess he did the same thing to Vince McMahon, but whatever. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, Alistair Black had a promo and he couldn't shut up. Uh, once again, we have a long, uh, drawn-out promo from Alistair Black, really getting, uh, once again, very verbose. He even quoted Shakespeare this week for crying out. He quoted Richard III, by the way, one of my favorite Shakespeare plays, so I liked that. Um, which uh, He actually quoted Richard III from Richard III. And thus I clothe my naked villainy with odd old ends stolen out of holy writ. And seem a saint when most I play the devil. Oh, he said, when most I play fate. Bravo! Oh, yes. Bravo! Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. If we shadows have offended, think but this and all is mended, that you have but slumbered here while these visions did appear. Anyway, uh, at what point is this too much from Alistair Black? It's there. It's, you're just at that like point. it was, just like it was two weeks ago with Sami Zayn coming out and burning down audiences. Mm. Uh, we're there with Alistair. Yeah. Time for a feud. Time for get rid of the creaking noises. Put your gear on and get in there and kick some ass because that's what we want to see you do. Do you think I don't want to see waiting, you doing this anymore? Do you think they're waiting for Money in the Bank? Yes. Like once that's done, we can get Alistair out there to have a program. I hope so. I would love to see him in the Intercontinental Title picture. You know, with Finn Balor, cool. something along those lines. Or if uh, I, uh, if Andrade takes the belt. Then it would make more unless unless because here's the thing, he's quoting a villain. He's saying he's a villain, but he's coming across still being kind of a good guy. Or is he going to be a heel or a face when he comes out? Do you think? I'm gonna I'm getting dick heel vibes off of of this kind of stuff. Yeah, like like uh, like hyper intelligent, annoying the crowd with his intelligence kind of thing. Yep, that's what I'm getting. Yeah, I'm I'm still getting uh, that he's trying to make a connection with certain elements of the audience. Like he's like he's trying to get in with the hot topic crowd is what I'm still sensing. Seriously, and I'm not talking like hyper intelligent Damian Sandow kind no, of stuff. No, right? No, not a, not a not goof goofy like that. stuff right. like that. This is this is legit. I mean, they could do something pretty special with this, but like, it's time to it's time to pull the trigger. Like Let's a Dan, like a Daniel Bryan or Sami Zayn is doing right now, where they're like, yeah. "I'm smarter than you guys." Maybe um, this is why they're holding on to it is because we've got a little bit too much of that going on uh, in the recent weeks between Daniel Bryan and the Sami Zayn coming up after Mania. No, so maybe they're holding off. I, I I think he's much more going towards the the teenage crowd that wears black and drinks too much coffee in coffee shops and smokes cigarettes and shops at Hot Topic and listens to Bauhaus and that sort of thing. I think they're going for that for that crowd with this. So yeah. and that's fine, but at some point, and that point is now, this has to escalate. Yes. Um. So th- that kind of wraps it up for SmackDown. But I really do want to talk real quick about how you think the week. This is the week after the wild card rule was instated, for better or for worse. Worse. And I'm wondering about how you think about its usage in this week. You know, we saw, um, I was gonna, I'm actually going to have to go check who from SmackDown went to Monday Night Raw. I know that Roman was there uh, from SmackDown and Does Elias. Shane count? I, well, I don't know. He didn't last week. <laughs> I, I, um, just, I, I honestly don't care. That's I'm the problem with I'm trying to think who it. else there was. Shane and Elias, maybe. Shane and Elias, that's the only other people I can think about on Raw. Yeah. And then on SmackDown, we had uh, the Usos, we had Miz, and we had Sami Zayn. So how do you like the way that the wild card rule is being implemented this second week of its existence? Was it Daniel Bryan and Rowan, or was that match on... Uh, that was on SmackDown. You are that tired. Was right now. I'm, I'm exhausted, guys. Sorry. Long week. Um, I don't know. I want to like stuff like this that are overarching. I'm generally not a fan of the brand split at all. And I think this is just 
artifacts and side effects of that being a shitty situation in the first place. You guys that have been listening for a long time know my stance on I think the belts should just cover, cross over, do everything. That should be the wild card. Make, make the stakes of the wild card the fact that a brand can lose a belt to the other show. Ooh. Not just that anybody can show up. I like that. So the, I've, that's a, something that I've wanted to see for the longest time. And the, a couple of years ago, we had it where we consolidated, but then we just had 27 pay-per-views every month, and it was right. just impossible to keep up with. Oh, but it, it, we've split off, and we've done another shake-up, and we are kind of resetting again, and it, we have no idea what's going on. And then they throw the wild card rule on top of it, and it's, Jesus H, I can't keep up with Vince. Yeah. It's, it's out of control at this few, point. Few can. Few can keep up with Vince. One other now, thing. The, the one thing I want to throw in there as well to tie that off. There was a little bit of scuttlebutt that came out throughout the week about how the whole wild card thing was uh, some deal that was made with the networks right. behind the scenes so that they would have control of which superstars landed on which show and they both want all the big superstars. And right. there's a bit of an arms race over superstars going on behind the scenes. That's probably still going to have some shaking out to do over the next few months as we get towards October. but Probably I, why they instituted it now to try and get it under control before they went to the network. So that's definitely a positive. It could be a business decision. I think we actually hinted at that last week that we yeah. thought it might be a business decision. Um, but here's the problem as far as business goes. And this is something I wanted to ask you because I know you were hot about this at the top of the show. You didn't feel like these two shows were good go-home shows for Money in the Bank. I thought they were they were fine, they were serviceable, but nothing to write home about. But I guess my question to you is, do you, where do you feel these these shows could have improved as far as, as leading into Money in the Bank? And then also, are the, is, is it the problem that both of these shows were kind of better as YouTube watches, where there's just too many packages and recaps and promos, and there's not enough wrestling and stakes and upping the ante for Sunday? Like, is that is that your issue here, or what was your issue with these shows? Mainly, uh, generally too many, too much Roman Reigns, um, and and frankly, what changed other than hearing about Kabuki Warriors and Nikki Cross replacing Alexa Bliss? What else changed? Hearing Roman Reigns' theme song that many more times, Nick. Sure. What else? That's <laughs> it. So uh, we had five hours, six hours of content, and okay. You could have done so much more with, with that time, is, is what I'm getting at. As you've been saying the whole show so far, introduce some stakes. Yep. Put things on the line. Put the, put the guys that are going to be and girls that are in these matches on the line. Make them fight for it. Make us root for someone or root against someone else. The last-minute shakeups for the Money in the Bank match were the most exciting parts of this week on WWTV. Sammy, Sammy knocking Braun out of the Money in the Bank match and Nikki That's Cross possibly you. getting inserted into the Women's Money in the Bank match. Those are the big, exciting moments. Those are the ones that I really remember from this week and going, whoa, oh, something happened. You, know, because you guys you heard me throughout the show so far. I can't, even, I, don't even, I can't keep straight who's on what show anymore. <laughs> and the, the reality of it is, is all of the same folks are on both shows, and that's the crux of what the wild card is going to turn itself into. Yep. It's, it's a, it's a get-out-of-jail-free or an escape clause so that you can have Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan and the use of all of your big draws, allegedly, on both shows. Well, if they brand it right, if they if they really make sure that when they come out, people know these are raw superstars. This is a big deal that they're here. This is the wild card. And they've done that. They did that a little bit this week, but they have to make a more concerted effort to make it a big deal 
when these stars come over because it's going to get stale real quick if they don't. It's like, oh yeah, here's some, here's the raw people. Whoop de doo, you know, make it mean something. Well, but let's as, go do something fun and actually make our picks. I'm for so money in the I bank. haven't even thought about this at all, Nick. I don't know what I'm going to do here. And well, I've been thinking about it quite a bit because I've been writing my own fantasy. I know book on you the have. <laughs> I can't afford to lose because I've got to. I, I need to get some more Nia swag up in your in your. Uh, up in your shrine there, and I do not need any Jackson Riker on my shrine wall behind myself here. Not going to happen. But, Nick, let's set this up and go do our pickums for Money in the Bank. Well, Ian, we, have, we know we're going to have the pre-show. Make sure you're in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook so you can join the watch party and watch it with us. Uh, allegedly, it's Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the Usos. Is that 100% confirmed? 100% confirmed. Awesome. Okay, so Daniel Bryan and Rowan is going to face off against the Usos, assumingly for the SmackDown Tag Championships, correct? I don't. I believe it is non-title, actually. Interesting. Um, let You know what? Let me actually double-check that, uh, <laughs> okay. because that does actually affect the, the outcome of how we pick this. Yes. Um, but yes, they got this got announced late. It obviously came out of the match that they had on, uh, on SmackDown. But at the same time, like what? How weird? How weird is it to have uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan on the pre-show? We're used to seeing the Usos get dropped to the pre-show for for whatever reason. But how much does that suck? That uh, that poor Daniel Bryan's there. Yeah, and just coming off of the championship run that he had, you know. Yeah, exactly. There's part of me that respects it that he's stepping aside for Kofi a little bit, but then they go and they throw the tag titles on them. What? Well, that, Team made, hell no 2. Again, that made sense to me. It, and, it, oh. and apparently it is for the championships. Okay. Um, um, yeah, that's, that's weird. They just lost, like, you know, the, the Usos were supposed to, um, you know, they, they were, they were, they and uh, what was it? Shane was going to hand the titles to Daniel Bryan and Rowan. The Usos said no, they had to beat us first. And then they did cleanly. And now they get another shot for some reason. Logic. <laughs> Because wrestling storytelling. Uh, all right, let's let's do it. Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. Who's Hang on, doing I'm going to flip. A, I'm going to flip a coin. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Usos. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Nah, nah, they're they're on. For, I'm two, kidding. Two Daniel Bryan is keeping it. Oh come on! Don't tease <laughs> me like that. Yeah, they I, just got them. They're I agree. They just again. they just got them. Uh, this is on the pre-show, so no one has to see the Usos lose again. The Usos are on Raw. There's no way they're taking the SmackDown Tag Team Championships to Raw. Yeah, Daniel Bryan and Rowan retaining here. Um, but ne- wild card! Let's go to the top of the card here on the main show. Seth Rollins, AJ Styles for the Universal Championship. Who's taking it here? Seth. I would it. have to agree. Seth is absolutely keeping it. Uh, I believe AJ's putting him over here. Uh, he's not losing it this quickly. Absolutely no. not. No. Seth might carry this all the way to WrestleMania next year. That is absolutely untrue. He is <laughs> <laughs> that is patent, patently false. They but, have been working for two years to get Seth back to the position that he is in. Yeah, uh, and, and they got him there finally. And I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Losing, he is the Universal lo- Champion indefinitely, as far as I'm concerned. Losing it to Brock at SummerSlam. Uh, WWE oh, Championship. Those Kofi, are fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> Kofi Kingston. Versus Kevin Owens, WWE Championship on the line. Who's taking it here? This one might be controversial. This is tough. Uh, I'm going to say, because it lines... Well, all right. I'm going to say Kevin Owens. Oh. 
I'm going to oh, say Kevin Owens takes man. it. Oh, man. You know what? Here's the problem. I could absolutely see a world where Kevin Owens takes it. I absolutely could. Um, and then he holds it for a while, and Roman takes it off of him to go to Fox. I could, I, I could totally see that. I, I've said, and the, that's, I didn't want to say it, but I, I'll say it now since I know, you just Mr. did. I've Mr. said I've a long, the I've, year. You've said he's going to go into Fox with it. I said he took it. He's going to take it at SummerSlam. Kevin Owens is going to win it here to set up Roman Reigns winning the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. No, Kofi's holding it till SummerSlam and losing it to Brock Lesnar. Kofi's winning this weekend. Uh, <laughs> so Seth, so Seth and Kofi are going to lose it to Brock Lesnar. Absolutely, Brock's coming back hard, man. No, I'm, call, I'm calling no. Kofi for this one. I think he's. I think like Seth, they need to give him a longer reign. If they don't, they're going to face some serious backlash. Uh, I think uh, a lot of people. <laughs> So, pardon the pun. <laughs> Backlash. Uh, we've got double champ Becky Lynch has two matches. Let's do the first one first. Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Becky retaining or Charlotte taking this thing? Charlotte taking it. Wow. Wow, you're a mean, to be, mean man. To become the ten-time. Nine-time. Smack. Is it? I thought she was already nine-time. No, she's going to become the nine-time if she gets it this time. Oh, okay. So, sure. All right. Yeah. So, nine-time. nine Nine rain, nine Some additional rain little commentary. Player. I think Becky's going to stay on Raw and Charlotte's going to stay on SmackDown. They're going to keep them split up and they're both going to have their own little fiefdoms. I think that would be a smart way to do it. I just can't see the fans being satisfied with Becky losing to Charlotte given all of this. I think people will absolutely crap on it. If they get, not only will Charlotte get more of the kind of pariah thing of WWE just wants to book her strong, um, it, it's going to be a bad look for Becky to have not beaten Charlotte at WrestleMania and then lose the belt to her when this is supposed to be the final chapter, quote unquote. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing Becky retaining both times. In fact, I actually think she's, she's what? I think she's still Becky two belts after this weekend. That's I, exactly why I picked Charlotte there, because there's no way Lacey Evans is taking this off of. I agree. Becky. I think Becky's winning both matches. She's still Becky two belts. No, so, I'm going Charlotte and Becky. Gotcha. So Charlotte's winning one. Be- Becky retaining the Raw Championship. Correct. I'm saying Becky retains both. I hope that's the case. I really think that people would be pissed if, if Charlotte takes it. I, I think that's a bad decision, too. I think they sh- she should lose it to, like, Ember Moon or, or Asuka or something. But I don't know how they'd work that. But anyway, we have the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. You've got Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, Randy Orton, Finn Balor. Mustafa Ali and Andrade Cien Almas. And I think we all know who you're picking based on what you've said for the last couple of weeks. Andrade. Oh, you're going with Andrade. Now, my question is, after everything I saw this week, do I stick with my pick of Drew McIntyre? Or, or do I think Sami Zayn might be a good Mr. Money in the Bank, given I everything that he's doing? Drew is a Braun Strowman that doesn't need it and could be inserted into the title picture at any time. That is exactly like the main thrust of why I'm starting to cool on my Drew McIntyre pick. He doesn't need it. He really doesn't. He can, he can get into a feud with Seth right after Seth is done with AJ with no problem. Yep. But having a, a weasel like Sami Zayn hiding in the wings, or Andrade for that matter. But I think Andrade is a stronger pick, um, to, or a stronger guy in terms of being able to go. He's going to go have a, a, a match, a, a series with Finn Balor after this, I'm pretty sure. They're going to go have him ha- have a feud over there. So that's why I kind of can't see Andrade winning it. And I did hear something on the commentary either last week or this week. I believe it was Corey Graves that said they can challenge any title holder. Yes. Something along those lines. Because it's cross-brand. Right. Um, 
The other person I think might be a sneaky pick is Mustafa Ali. I think they might do him a solid because he got injured earlier in the year and gave his spot up to Kofi. It's a very big spot. So if they are as high on him as they seem to have been, I could see Ali sneaking this one in. But uh, I will go out, way out, way, way out on a limb, way, way out on a limb, and go Sami Zayn. I think this is my biggest flyer I'm taking this entire thing. That's, 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 pretty, that's pretty far out there. I'm way the hell out there. I need to move on before I change my mind. <laughs> Women's yeah. Money in the Bank ladder match. We've got uh, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mandy, Ember Moon, Natalia, Naomi, and, uh, well, not Alexa Bliss anymore. We've got Nikki Cross. Uh, mm. what, uh, what do you think is happening in this one, sir? So my lo- the one that I've been wanting to win this is Mandy Rose. For re- because reasons, uh-huh. um, I, th- I think it's not she would because be- you wanted to see a low angle of her climbing the ladder. No, okay, just um, checking. I I have a something in my in my gut is telling me that Bailey's going to win this mm. to set up the next feud. Gotcha. And I and part of this part of my whole thinking around the booking this card for me is they need to split the belts off of Becky. So Charlotte's going to go to one and Becky's going to be on another one. I, the re, I think it's going to be Bailey or Mandy Rose. And I'm just, it's, it's a coin flip between those two for me about which one goes on, which brand I think ba- I'm going to pick Bailey. I think Bailey's going to win this. And that's hard for me to say, cause I'm not generally a huge Bailey fan, but she's had some big matches over the last few weeks. Um, well, Lord knows she needs, the, she needs the push and I would yeah. be very happy if Bailey won it. I don't necessarily see that happening. I just don't know if they're ready to push her again. Um, I could see Mandy Rose doing it, although it seems like she's already in some sort of story with with uh, Sonya. But I could see them including the briefcase in that too. Yeah, uh, Mandy would definitely be like, I think probably my second. My number one pick is Nikki Cross at this point. I think there's just too much going on there. I think they might pull a swerve and have it be you Nikki. You think there's a bigger picture in that whole thing that happened this week? I well, I, I, honestly, I don't. I, I think that if it is a legit injury, that they were never going to have Alexa win. But I think they might be enticed by the idea of having that storyline that I outlined. Yeah. Um, but if they go with, I think they probably had an original idea, and that might have been Mandy or Bailey. So yeah, I I'm curious to see where they go with it. Um, I could see it being any of those three. I'll be shocked if it's Ember Moon or Natalia or Naomi. I'm also picking Bailey because she's Raw and Andrade's SmackDown, and I'm trying to keep one on each brand in that sense. Yeah, so true that, true that, and I'm picking uh, a couple of Raw stars. So that's that makes me an idiot. Uh, that being said, <laughs> goes against pr- everything you argued for. I know. Just just go with it. You might win this one. Just <laughs> okay. you, you just be happy. You just be happy over there. You bum. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Elias. Shall we make our picks at the same time here, Nick? One, uh, two, who cares? Three. Oh, come on. Play along with me. One, two, three. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Yeah, exactly. Roman Reigns. Bam, bam. It's going to be some shit spear ending out of nowhere. Superman punch. Because reasons. Spear. One, two, three. The Miz versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage. What you got? What you you thinking here? Is this this where the Miz-Shane McMahon feud ends? God, I hope so. (laughs) So you've got the Miz, I'm assuming, then. I'm, I'm picking the Miz. Because he needs to put Shane down for this story to reach its conclusion, right? Yes, I believe so, too. I think, I don't know, it depends if they want to have this all with Roman and everything go on after 
money in the bank if they're going to have it continue. I could see Shane Pickett. You know what? I'm just going to – I might just give you the win right here, Nick. I'm going to pick – I'm picking Shane. <laughs> okay. I'm picking Shane. No, here. Th- think about the, this poetically, Nick. Think about this poetically. If I pick Shane here and you pick Miz and you win by one point, that means you will have avenged your WrestleMania loss that you lost due to picking the Miz over Shane McMahon in WrestleMania. Nothing will make up for that travesty. Well, all right. Some people are never satisfied. Hashtag Marestlin. United States <laughs> belt. Samoa Joe. He is your champ. He will be defending against Rey Mysterio. Do you think Rey is getting the win here to avenge WrestleMania? No. No, me neither. I, I think Joe is absolutely retaining here. Um, I, I would be shocked if he walked away having lost. The, the only thing I could see them them writing, you know, trying to overbook something is Dominic getting involved, distracting Joe. Ray gets a six one nine and pins him somehow. I think actually Dominic might cost his dad the victory here. Through something That's good through, too. Through something. Um and finally, this may also be on the pre show, but uh yeah. Whatever. We put it we put it at this part of the pickums. Tony Nice versus Arya Davari for the Cruiserweight Championship. Who do you, you think that Tony is retaining against Arya? Tony Nice is retaining. Really? I think that he is vulnerable. That being said, I too agree. He's, that he's had retaining. it a month. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's keeping it a little bit longer. I agree. They, yeah. they, they need to have it on a face champ a little while longer. Lord knows Tony put in his work. So yep. I'm pretty sure Tony is retaining at least for now. Well, there you go, guys. There's our picks. Uh, let us know what yours are over in the busted wide open group, but we're not done. We've still got a lot to go over in NXT 205 Live in New Japan in the wide world of wrestling. Well, Nick, we got a lot to get through, so let's shred through NXT here. We uh, we saw that the War Raiders decided to relinquish their belts, but then... Actually, correction, they were called the Viking Raiders this week, uh, and my head exploded Yeah, because <laughs> I can't keep up anymore. I can't either. I, but the best part about this was they gave up their belts to William Regal, and out came the Street Profits, to say, hey there, Viking Raiders, if that is your real name, uh, which was, by the way, that boy that got hoots from the crowd when yeah. they said that. Uh, you giving up your belts because you say you, you can't find anyone who can beat you. We almost beat you in our last match. So how about you give us one more title match, and we'll see how this, thing, this goes down. And the, the Raiders take back their belts and say, all right, you're on. And we have a match at the end of the show. Another great match between the two of them, but it devolves into chaos when the Forgotten Sons, who thought they were they deserved a title match, came out, got involved. The Britain Brawlers got involved, and we had a four-way just brutality, chaos, insanity to it close out NXT. It was magnificent. These guys were fantastic. So, uh, By the way, how over are the Street Profits with Full Sail? Good Jesus Lord. Christ. Well, Everybody had a red solo cup in there. All these teams are over. So which of these? I, I, think, we are, I think we all know what you're going to say. But oh, of yeah. these four teams, we, we assume that the, the War Machine Viking Raider experience is going to go to the main roster. Which of the other three remaining teams, Street Profits, Forgotten Sons, and Britain and Brawlers, do you think are picking up these belts once War Raiders goes bye-bye? I think Street Profits will get it, and they'll have a nice run with with. Um, well, I, uh, hold on, I'm Forgotten I'm, I'm, Sons. Let me pick my my job off the floor. You think the Street Profits are going to get it before the Forgotten Sons? Yes, they've put their time in. Oh wow! All right, if Heavy Machinery were still here, I'd say Heavy Machinery, but they've already been called up. But Street Profits, are, to me, are are next in line. Look at the reaction of that crowd this week when the War Ra- the Viking Raiders, excuse me, Viking War Raiders Machine Experience, yes, uh, said to Regals explicitly. 
we don't we don't have anyone else that can challenge us and street profits music kicked and that place erupted it would be a no-brainer for them to put those belts on the street profits and have a fun you know entertaining team you know dare i shades of enzo and, and Cass, so to speak in that same vein careful that the crowd can interact with that they are do there's they're over as hell right now yep. and it'd be silly not to put them on put the belts on them. they are indeed over as hell and you can't teach that right uh i personally think that the forgotten sons might pick up the belts just as a heel team to have the street profits you know chase but we'll see well, of course rightfully so they went back backstage immediately after the that scuffle Rigo, yeah, <laughs> yep. to to stake their claim uh, in that. So uh, who knows what we're going to see out off the back of that? But I'm excited. Me too. I was also excited to have the return of Keith Lee. Keith Lee is back, and he had a match against Cesar Bononi when he beat the absolute crap out of him and put him down with a beautiful spirit bomb. I love the fact that as much of a, a pop culture whore as Mauro Ronaldo is, he didn't catch the reference. When when uh, Keith Lee puts his hands up, he he gives a uh, he throws Caesar across the ring. He's about to do his finishing move, and he puts his hands up in the air and poses, and then gives him the spirit bomb. I'm surprised they didn't catch it when he put his hands up, because if you ever watch Dragon Ball Z, you know that's how Goku summons the spirit bomb by posing just like that. So I I was I I call you out, Mara Ronaldo, to know about your references. Uh, Can I also just say thank you, Full Sail, for showing the love that you holy did crap. this week to Keith Lee? Uh, as yeah. oh, it just it got, it got me all warm and fuzzy and borderline, you know, emotional to an extent because he stood there forever conducting Basket oh, they, His Glory. They, oh yeah, and then they did the old Keith Lee, yep. Keith Lee chants. As, wow, it's beautiful. That was I don't know who showed up or what kind of candy they were giving out at Full Sail <laughs> uh, when they taped this episode, but keep doing that. Well, also what was beautiful was that uh, his new his new entrance music is banging. Yes. So, um, also one quick question before we move on: Is Benoni's stomach tattoo the most heelish tattoo in wrestling? I don't even know what it says. I wasn't even looking. It's a, it's literally a little like arch on his abs. It says "Bad to the Benoni." Uh, I'm not god. even kidding. <laughs> it's just such an oh god. It's uh, the kind of it's the kind of tattoo I would assume that someone who was in our next match would have, and that was Kona Reeves. He does not have one of those tattoos, but he did have a match with Kushida uh, where he basically just got worked. <laughs> he just got worked by Kushida. The story here was in the halfway through this match, Drew Gulak comes to the top of the ramp and stares down Kushida, and Kushida taps out Kona Reeves while staring down Drew Gulak. Did you get the tinglies when you, when you thought Drew Gulak versus Kushida? I did. Because I got the tinglies. I did. I got totally. major tinglies. That is two, going to be <laughs> two submission specialists just going uh, at each other like that. Yes, please. Uh, uh, two legit, like legit guys. Like he's. I hadn't even thought of Drew. Gul- All the people I'm like, I can't wait till Kushida faces Kyle O'Reilly, Matt Riddle. I didn't even think of Drew Gulak. I'm so excited now. Uh, Vanessa Bourne beat Jesse in a what I can only describe as a developmental showcase. Um, Jesse's she's a tall girl. Yeah, I didn't realize she's six, like six three or something. They said no, she can't be that tall. She's but oh, she's no. tall. Yeah, so man, she's like one of those um, one of those baby faces that it's like a hard you have a hard time making me believe that she's in peril because she's just huge. Yeah, so I'm curious what they do with her. But <laughs> Vanessa Bourne picking up a win here, good for her. Uh, I think she needed one. She's been losing for about they still believe two years straight. <laughs> They've uh, been trying. 
And then we also had some uh, we had some plot on this show. We had uh, we had the the continuing kerfuffle in uh, Undisputed Era, where Adam Cole was saying, "I don't know what's going on with Roderick Strong." As he's giving an interview in the parking lot, Roddy walks up and hands him a bloody uh, flip flop, obviously from Matt Riddle, and says, "Your Matt Riddle problem's done. I believe that we're we're stronger as a team, so I'm back." Um, and then later on, Johnny Gargano was tending to Matt Riddle, who didn't look like he was bleeding at all, but hey, what do I know? And uh, he but said... At least they got the continuity right, and he was missing one sandal. Yes. <laughs> Good point. It's the details. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and Gargano said, yeah, the Undisputed Era is a problem. I'm going to face Adam Cole one more time at the next takeover for the championship, which, of course, makes complete sense because he just had a two out of three falls with him. You just did two out of three falls. Anyway, all right. So we're getting Gargano and Cole again. Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong are apparently now have beef. Do you think Roddy is pulling a fast one? He's going to turn on Undisputed Era at some point here. No. You think this was I think, legit? I, legit? I think was, they were testing the waters with that, and they saw that it was going to go over miserably. Oh, and that, come on. You know, it, it, what are we going to do? Get face Roderick, Roderick Strong back from the trailer park and oh telling his sob story and... No, he's fine where he is. And that faction is one of the best factions we've had in a really, really long time. They do not need to split it up. The only reason you're down on face Roderick Strong is because you have so much fun saying Roderick Strong. Just face yes. it. That's the only and reason. You guys, you guys love hearing me say it, too. Uh-huh. And you, know, you know I'm right. No. I you know I'm right. right. <laughs> no. Mia Yim is going to get a rematch with Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair. Sasha Banks. Uh, Mia Yim, Bianca Belair, next week. I'm down. We had a bit of a uh, screwy finish last time, so I'm looking forward to getting a real match next time. And finally, before we leave NXT, it has been reported, Percy Watson, they actually announced it at the top of the show, he has left NXT to, quote, pursue other ventures. We reported before that Beth Phoenix was joining them on commentary. Now it appears that is permanent, and she's a permanent replacement for Percy Watson, who I guess is going to go become an actor, is apparently the scuttlebutt right now. So. Also, he's not going to AEW? <laughs> no, not as not as far as we know. There's lots of people that are, though, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. We have to get yes. a 205 Live really quickly. We had a fatal four-way uh, that Humberto Carrillo came out on top in, but he shook hands with Jack Gallagher afterwards, so it seems like everything's okay. And as we said, Tony Nese is the champ. He shouldn't need to defend his title belt, but he did. He had a match with El Liguero, which was actually a really fun match, and afterwards got beat down by Arya Davari en route to Sunday's Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Next week, we have the Lucha House Party versus the Singh Brothers, which should be a fun match. So not much on yeah. 205 Live this week, but a couple of good, a couple of fun little things. So moving on, let's knock out New Japan. We've got to talk about this, AEW, and listener questions, and news, and not a whole lot of time, Nick. Holy crap. Battle, uh, Best of the Super Juniors is ongoing. We are two matches in on either side. Currently, the standings in the A block. Shingo Takagi, Taiji Ishimori, and Tiger Mask, of all people, 2-0 and o right now on top. With 1-1, and one, you have Dragon Lee, Titan, Marty Skrull, Jonathan Gresham. And at the bottom, with no wins, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Sho, and Takamichi Noku. I'm kind of shocked that Sho is at 0-2, but it's early yet. Lots of time to come back. I'm shocked that Tiger Mask is 2-0. and I'm pretty shocked, too. He and Marty Skrull have a match this Sunday. I think that's the one he's dropping, the first one he's dropping. Yeah. Uh, B block. Not surprisingly, Will Ospreay 2-0 at this point. Also, Robbie Eagles and El Fantasmo 2-0. Ryusuke Taguchi is also 2-0. My God. There was a... Uh, that, you know, there was... 
This, they're the best matches are in the B block so far, in my opinion. Um, I, I've seen some fantastic ones. You've also got uh, Dookie at one and one, Yo at one and one, and then Bandito at zero oh and two. Rocky Romero, probably the best match so far in the tournament was Will Ospreay, uh, Rocky Romero from this last one, last uh, last show. Unbelievable. But Rocky Romero, 0-2, as, as is Bushi and Ren Narita, which is not surprising. Ren was a last-minute replacement for Flip Gordon because he had visa trouble. So right now, best Super Juniors ongoing. If you're going to watch one match, Will Ospreay, Rocky Romero, uh, just a 25-minute classic. Absolutely nice. great match. So. Looking forward to watching those this weekend. Yeah, I, I recommend it, and they are ongoing. Lots more good matches to come over there. Uh, also, speaking of good matches, next weekend, AEW is having its Double or Nothing show in Vegas. Your boy, Mr. Dangerous, will be there. If any uh, of you listeners are there, let me know. Let's hook up and get a beer and watch the show. Uh, and uh, we have an updated card for that. As of right now, Double or Nothing is going to be Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. We're going to have the AAA Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, will be defending their belts against the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix. We've got Cody, of course, versus his brother, Dustin Rhodes, Hangman Page versus Pac, uh, Britt Baker, excuse me, Dr. Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray. We've got SoCal Uncensored versus uh, Stronghearts. Stronghearts actually is, it's Sema, and he went and got two guys to fight with him. It's T-Hawk and L. Lindemann. I don't huh. really know that well, so I'm very curious to see that match. And then this was just announced. It's a three-on-three women's match. Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, and Emi Sakura versus Hikaru Shida, Riho, and Ryo uh, Mizunami. Excuse me. Uh, this is apparently one that was put together by Kenny Omega to showcase Japanese women's wrestling. And apparently they're going to have a whole division in AEW that's going to be kind of like the cruiserweight division where they just show off a bunch of talent. So, Interesting. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very curious to see that match. Uh, as we reported last week, Trent, Trent Beretta and Chucky e. T were initially in the Casino Battle Royale. They are no longer in that Battle Royale because Angelico and Jack Evans have come to AEW, and yes. those guys have a match. Holy crap. Best friends. Those guys Ang- can go. Best friends versus Angelico and Jack Evans. Yes, I'm in. As we also mentioned, there is the Casino Battle Royale, which we talked about. We talked about that last week. And finally, Sammy Guevara versus Kip Sabian, which will be on the pre-show. I think it's a great one to get people into the kind of wrestling you're going to see here, which is it's probably going to be a bit of a spot fest. Yep. So, fun times, fun times yes. at AEW. That's going to be one week next, away next weekend, Nick. Oh man, uh, it's going to it's going to be a very exciting weekend. Your boy is going to be uh, all up in it over nice. in Vegas. I hate I couldn't make it. I really tried to. It just things didn't line up the way I wanted them to. We'll see what happens uh, later this summer in Jacksonville. Uh, what's the next one? Fight, fight. Fight for the Fallen. Yeah. Fight for the Fallen, yeah. All right. Well, guys, that's it uh, for the show stuff, but we still got listener questions to get through. If you guys want to get your questions in, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that $5 tier for just $5 a month. You can get your questions in on each show every single week. Kicking things off this week with Ed. Who is Bray going after first with his new character, persona, monster thing? I, what do you got? Uh, I don't even know if he's Raw or SmackDown. We don't even That's, know where his, what, his, yeah. what brand he's on. I have a, I have a feeling. That doesn't matter anymore, right? Uh, Hashtag wildcard. <laughs> Good point. He could be a constant wildcard. Uh, I think he's probably going to kill some jobbers for a while. He'll probably take out enhancement for a bit. Um before going after anyone big, as far as who like his first major feud is with, 
I would say probably a baby face that can afford a loss like Ali or someone like that. Um, someone who the fans can get behind and get really scared when he gets murdered. So someone like that. I'd have to that's look at fair. the I'd have to look at the raw roster again to kind of remind myself of who they have that's that's kind of like a, a super baby face that's vulnerable uh, over there. Maybe Miz. Um, I, I could see him destroying Miz and having having that be really disturbing. But uh, off the top of my head, someone like Ali. What I'm thinking. I'm thinking, you know, I don't want him to go right into a title picture right away. I agree. No, he needs to squash no. people. Like, yeah. we've been doing this for four or five weeks now. Let's continue to do it, even if it is does transcend into the ring. Let's continue to build it, and let's understand and develop what it what it is there. But I, I eventually see it's inevitable that we're going to get Demon versus what monster thing, whatever this is. <laughs> I'm going to just call it Slipknot from now on. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. Thanks, Ed, for the question. Uh, next up, Nick, do you think that the TNT deal with AEW will cause Vince to try to hotshot even more than they are doing now? It might, but it also might make him get more creative. Uh, you know, apparently right now he's getting fed just tons and tons of creative ideas, and they're just kind of just spitballing and going with it. I think that they will... Uh, they will go more towards like if you look at the attitude era, they went more for things that uh, were directly engaging, and, and they would they would uh, find things that would engage the public every single week, um, and stuff that was engaging, they would double down on, and they would get yeah. more and more extreme about stuff. I'm curious if they still have that in them, though. Uh, if you can really still do that in a PG era, uh, I have no doubt that. Vince's hot shotting will only increase with competition because that is essentially how they beat WCW was by just going absolutely balls to the wall and trying new things all the time. Yeah. So, but what hopefully will happen because competition is good. Hopefully we'll get more good stuff out of this because they'll just try more stuff as opposed to just do the same thing over and over again. Do you see an attrition here as a side question? Do you see an attrition here? We've got billionaires and we've got TV deals and we've got legit wrestling personalities on outside of WWE now. Do you and they're going to have a weekly schedule. So a year from now, do you see an attrition where people are actually falling off of WWE and all in, <laughs> all in on AEW? Uh, as as an alternative. Well, the problem is right now that they're losing the people and we don't know if they're gone for good and they're just done with wrestling or if they're just sitting and waiting for something else to come along to get their their interest. You know, if AEW is out there, can it pull these people that have walked away? Yeah. So that's going to be the real test. Yeah. Thank you for the question, Nick. That was a really good one. Uh, Jonathan, next up. I'm liking that these folks hate the Miz calls to the locker room. Mm. Sorry, Jonathan, I'm not making sense. Is this a possibility for long-term story, and how soon do we think Nikki turns on Alexa? I'm liking that these folks hate the Miz calls to the locker room. I honestly don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I, uh, so let's take the second one. Is, <laughs> you know, how soon do we think Nikki turns on Alexa? Uh, I think it's going to be a while. I, I honestly, I, I like the idea of this running for a while and, and Nikki becoming Alexa's little like kind of psycho... Uh, cohort so hopefully it lasts for a while at least to SummerSlam. is what i like I, is that what I, I like that alexa went and found somebody smaller than her to be her you know i, I see it turning into an enforcer kind of relationship doing alexa's dirty work for her yeah it, exactly. she's even smaller than alexa's but she's being way five foot. she's yeah. way crazier and you can right. put her over more so. she's a tasmanian devil yep exactly Thanks for the question there, Jonathan. Sorry I couldn't make out that first part. Uh, Lyle, next up. This is completely off subject from current events. Uh-oh. 
<laughs> I know June. <laughs> I know June is traditionally the time for King of the Ring. I'm looking for any insight on why it no longer happens and if it should start again. A lot of historic moments have connections to King of the Ring, so I'd like to think it would be more celebrated. Yep. Yeah, I miss it too. I, the the only reason it's does not around anymore is because of one man, Vince McMahon, and he just. He's sick of it. He, has, he doesn't want to have to deal with it. And frankly, while it has been connected to some big things in the past, it's also, frankly, the last few times they've done it, it really hasn't gone well for the wrestlers who become king. It worked really well for King Booker, but uh, King Barrett was not, mm, that didn't really go over so well. Yeah. So I think part of the problem was is that at a certain point, um, it became less about, hey, I won this big tournament. Isn't that great? I'm a badass now. I get a title shot or whatever else. Um, you know, it was guys parading around in a cape with a crown on and a scepter, and it was stupid. So, <laughs> Frank, you know, seriously, frankly, if they're going to bring it back, bring it back as a tournament that, you know, like, like Japan is pretty much, it's like all tournaments all year. Uh, and I love it. I love their tournaments over there because, you know, you sit there and like you, you bust brackets and stuff like that. It's great. But with King of the Ring, you know, it's fun for one pay-per-view and then afterwards, you have someone going forward with that momentum. Uh, 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 but I'd hate the gimmick that they started to do at the end there. So if they can bring it back without the gimmick, yeah, that would be awesome. But yeah. uh, I, it's not going to happen unless Vince feels like it again. I agree with you on the King Barrett thing, but I do miss the, uh, the bad news Barrett part. That was uh, something I enjoyed. Thank you, Lyle, for the, uh, for the question there. Next up, Jacob. Will WWE ever stop insulting our intelligence by, ha- <laughs> by having superstars oh, there's more. climb ladders, <laughs> throw people over the top rope, etc., before stipulation pay-per-views as if a quick explanation isn't enough that time could be used to build lacking characters? Yeah, I, I, God, I can't, I can't agree with this enough. It's a promotional stunt. It's a, yeah. such an obvious promotional stunt that breaks reality. Why are they throwing people? Why are they throwing people over the top rope when there's no reason to throw them over the top rope? Why are people climbing ladders? Like I, I get if people go up and they grab the briefcase and they hold it up, it's like pointing to the WrestleMania sign. It's it's their way of you know celebrating and getting ready and hyping themselves up and psychologically getting into their opponents' heads. However you want to talk about it, but it's also obviously a promotional uh, activity. It's the ones where it doesn't make sense that they do it. That really drive me nuts. Like what he's talking about, where they just like let's have a match and everyone just randomly throws everyone else over the top rope before we have a, the Royal Rumble. It's like no, people don't just go. We over know the how rope. this works. We know how it <laughs> works, guys. I, I don't think there's a whole lot of people watching your show at this point that don't know how this works. And if not, a simple explanation is fine. I agree with Jacob 100 percent here. Uh, they could absolutely be using this in much better ways. And this is one of those things I think a lot of people, when they talk about AEW as competition, those who aren't skeptical of it. If you're talking about it, and I think a lot of people are hopeful that it is because they want WWE to stop doing dumb tropes like this um, and get back to just kind of the the core of why we watch the show, which is engaging characters, engaged in fun action. Yep, exactly. It's that simple. Thank you, Jacob. Really good point. Chris, next up, I think Bray Wyatt should stay away from Finn for a long time. Agreed. It gets straight... If if he gets him straight out, it will lead to the demon beating him. Yep. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that demon has to get beat at some point. Nope. Um, and that will kill Bray's momentum as well. Do you agree? And what's up with Nikki Cross? Did she graduate 
Dr. Shelby's therapy session. <laughs> good re- I watched the Hulu edition, so I feel like I missed something. Good uh, good reference there. Yeah. Um, what's up with Nikki Cross? Actually, no, you, you didn't miss anything on the Hulu edition. It was actually something that was on www.com where they interviewed Nikki Cross backstage, and she says, I feel like I have to come out of the darkness. So she basically did her... Uh, I'm turning, I'm not going to be crazy anymore thing in a segment on www.com. You can watch it on their YouTube if you want to see kind of how that played out. But um, I, I agree that Bray should stay the hell away from Finn Balor. Um, I, I, think, I think that there is definitely a, that's, that's inevitable. At some point, they'll come back together. I still am scarred from their last feud. Uh, so I really don't want to see the two of them facing off against each other, especially when we yeah. have undefeated versus undefeated. Like that's, it's not necessary. So many other things that Bray could do. So many other things that Finn could do. So yes, agreed. It'll kill yep. Bray's momentum or it'll kill Finn's demon dead. Yep. So. Yep. Thank you, Chris. Good questions there. Last up rule. Uh, did Jake Hager spoil John Moxley to AEW during his Bellator interview? And where do you think Moxley and Hager will show up? He's referring to the fact that after his last Bellator match, uh, Jake, uh, Jake Hager, uh, a.k.a. Jack Swagger, well, was asked about what he was going to do in the future, and uh, they were asked if he might be at double or nothing. He said, no, I don't want to step in John Moxley's shadow. Ooh. So, yeah, we don't know. Here's the thing. We don't know if he knows anything that we don't know. This could be him speculating that he he could just be watching just like the rest of us and assume that Dean's going to AEW and that he's going to be at double or nothing. Um, as well, I mean, of course he's going to be there. They, him and Renee live in Vegas. Yes, but he's apparently filming a movie right now. He's filming Cage Fighter. So not to say he can't get away from that, but the bottom line is is that you know we don't have any proof that that Hager has any info on John Moxley. So could it be a slip up? Yes, he could. He could know something, but we have no way of knowing. Yeah, it's it's unlikely. <laughs> and honestly, well, guys, I think it, I think it's more unlikely than not that that John Moxley shows up in AEW this quickly. The way that WWE let him go out so nicely, yeah. him doing that would be an enormous slap in their face. Yep. So I I really have a hard time believing he'd be going to AEW that quickly. If he does, I will stand up and freaking applaud. But I have a hard time believing it. Guys, that's it for the questions. Thank you very much, Rule, and thank you, everybody else, all of our patrons, for contributing. We love all of you guys uh, helping us keep this show alive and grow and grow more and more, and we couldn't have done it without you. Thank you for getting all these questions in for us every other week. Ian, we are not done yet. We've just got enough time, about three minutes to be exact, to oh, get God. through our other news lightning round. Oh, beep, God. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, this is horrible. Uh, this, this sucks because I actually wanted to spend more time on this, but uh, rest in peace, Silver King, uh, the famous luchador Silver King, passed away this week in the ring. He was in the middle of a match in London, England. Uh, he was wrestling Juventud Guerrera for Lucha Libre World's prim- uh, greatest of Lucha Libre event. And uh, after ta- after hitting a flying clothesline on Juventud, uh, King couldn't get up, and Juventud kept working the match. He kicked to, he kicked King while he was down, and then the referee couldn't figure out what's going on either. A lot of people were really mad after the match about how uh, Juventud and the, and the ref played it, but they couldn't tell if, if King was selling or not. But apparently it was something to do with his heart, and he passed away in the ring, um, which re- it really sucks. He was actually a, a fairly well-known luchador. He was the son of Dr. Wagner. Um, he's wrestled all over the place in CMLL, AAA, UWA. 
uh, WCW, and you probably know him best if you if you haven't watched any of those. If you've ever seen Nacho Libre, he played Ramses, the Golden Luchador, in that. Yes. So, um, so yeah, very tragic. And uh, rest in peace, Silver King. That really sucks. But at least he go he went out doing what he loved to do. Yep. The best. I, I, I'm going to try and put up some of his matches on the uh, Facebook discussion group at some point because you know he's he was he was very very good and his work with Dr. Wagner Jr. his brother was awesome as well. Uh, Lars Sullivan we mentioned. Uh, obviously, we all know what's been going on with Lars. He got in trouble for saying some horrible, horrible, horrible things on some bodybuilding websites back in the day. Apparently, WWE was aware of the situation for about a year, but wanted to see how it played out. Uh, Lars' anxiety attack earlier this year, the reason he wasn't at WrestleMania facing John Cena, was apparently due to the fear that this post would be discovered, and basically everything that has happened would happen. Uh, so he apparently it was apparently a legitimate fear to have, which is ironic considering he made fun of people with mental disorders and anxiety when he was writing those horrible things on those boards. Uh, uh, karma. Um, but he was also, WWE said that he will be uh, undergoing sensitivity training and that he was, quote, Find $100,000. Now, it's being reported that that fine was legit. He was actually fined that. But as you and I both know, Nick, kayfabe and WWE is strong. And it's very easy that, that they easily done that they could have actually fined him, but then also gave him a $100,000 bonus at the same time. Sure. Just to keep everything even keel. So, well, the, we're starting to hear much like we did with Hogan working with Big E and other and members of the New Day and the other uh, uh, African-American wrestlers in the WWE coming to them, working through things. It's being reported by Titus O'Neil publicly that Lars has approached them, asked how he could you know, repair relationships, how he could make up for it, how he could be a better, better human being, all of that stuff. And, and, you know, I give Titus a lot of credibility when he says stuff like that sure uh he he has a very big reputation for those kinds of things so for him to come out and say that i'm st- I'm, I'm turning the corner a little bit and maybe lars is actually trying to make better b- behind the scenes yeah and i'm all for forgiveness and and fif- you know realizing people have grown and evolved i i think his uh public apology was awful it sounded like lawyer speak but uh you know I'm, I, i'll still be happy to keep an open mind if people tell me that they feel like lars has improved uh, and has become a better person, then I'm all ears. I would love to hear that because I'd like to hear a happy ending to this horrible story. Uh, speaking of horrible stories, Goldberg, we knew he was coming back to Saudi Arabia. We just didn't know who he was facing. We thought it might be Bobby Lashley. We yeah. thought it might just be as an appearance. Apparently, no. He's coming back for a match with The Undertaker, who we initially thought might be facing off against Elias. That's, it's now going to be called Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia because they, the initial idea of sands of time was nixed for, <laughs> for a number of reasons. So yeah, Goldberg versus undertaker super showdown. Uh, I hate to say it, Nick, this is a match that 15 years ago I would have done backflips for. And now I couldn't care less yes. ring of honor. will have its summer super card Friday, August 9th in, uh, in uh, Toronto at the Matami Atlantic center. Uh, there will be no New Japan wrestlers at this show, though, for, unfortunately, because it's right in the middle of G1. So probably no major New Japan superstars for this sucker. Uh, it's actually the same weekend as the as SummerSlam, which is taking place at the Scotiabank Arena on Sunday the 11th. So Ring of Honor just basically following around WWE. Interesting. And eating the scraps from its table. Uh, we right. mentioned Jake Hager earlier. He did just have his second match in Bellator. He defeated TJ Jones. He is now 2-0. and I like the fact that after the match, he did a little heel move by holding his... Uh, he, he submitted him. 
he held that hold a little bit too long and the ref started yelling at him. The crowd started booing at him and he started like playing into it. So Jake Hager going heel on Bellator. Loving it. <laughs> Loving it. The kayfabe is real. The K- <laughs> right. And finally, finally, uh, we have another announcement here, Nick. Uh, this came out earlier this week, and I'm very excited to announce that Earl Hebner to AEW. Earl Hebner to AEW. Earl Hebner, one of the one of the greatest referees of all time. Good God, Earl Hebner and uh, Rick Knox. My God, dude, they're stacking the deck over here in AEW. Loving it, Earl Hebner to AEW, and that is the news for this this week, Nick. Well, guys, there's our show. Money in the Bank is this Sunday. Do not forget to come and join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. I know there's a lot of you out there listening that want to come hang out with us. Uh, Come and join us. It's a lot of fun. You will not be disappointed, I promise. Head over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open, hit that join button, get in. We'll have the live chat during the show for Money in the Bank this Sunday as well as the watch party on Facebook for the pre-show. So be sure you're ready. I believe it is 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but we do have it listed there in the events. You can find us there. Also, head over to Twitter. Follow us uh, at BWO Podcast. YouTube at YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. And as I said earlier, we love our patrons. Thank you guys very much for all of your support. But if you'd like to get in on some of that sweet action, head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers and get some sweet swag. Uh, access to listener questions, show notes, bonus episodes, all kinds of good stuff over there. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. Bye-bye, God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.